1: Welcome to Indiana Sports Beat Radio, presented by Andy Morhonda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurant. Looks over the middle. Second guesses, fires, Throws. Does he make oh. the catch? in the ends up. Yes. Touchdown. All yeah. the depot to win. Another, it. another, one. He got another it. one.
2: Another it. one. Oladipo. Another one. Huge hole. He's at the thirty. He's gonna go. Ten. Five.
1: Touchdown. Jonathan Taylor. Works down by Burke. Bounces into Cody. Puts it up. Score. Now, from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios,
3: here's your host, Jim Coyle. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is Wednesday. We've made it halfway here to the halfway point. And, man, lots of basketball to talk about. Welcome in. The uh, day after, it's it's like the day after Christmas for a lot of people. The day after the opening of college basketball. uh, John pointed out 186 games. I kept saying there was 200. That was pretty damn close. 186 basketball games last night. Of course, Indiana, one of those we'll talk about. Uh, Duke, uh, Kentucky, Kansas, Michigan State, and a host of others. There were some upsets um, along the way, of course. So especially those that are looking at that Indiana game last night, those guys just got a little lazy in the second half. I mean, they built a big lead. and. I remember being at a, a an Indiana Kentucky post game press conference back when uh oh daggone it John who was the guy that came from Texas A&M Billy Gillespie was only there for a short time uh before they ran him out of town but they uh Indiana had didn't have a very good team that year and I forget what year it was but they were down big and but closed to within like 4 and someone asked him about it and he said oh I say we get a 25 point lead and, and win by four every time. You know, and it was I remember I never I was like, "Boy, that was a bad answer." But that's not what uh, the intent was, but uh th- there're plenty to build on, man. I, a lot of people are um a little worried, but uh in the post-game press conference or post-game show last night with Todd Leary, uh lots of comments there that he talked about the that he's not worried. There's a lot of bright side to look at. And as well with Mike Woodson, we'll hear from him uh, what his thoughts were. Uh, just a lot of things for them to work on, of course. But there's a lot of things that look good in the beginning. Some things that did not, and that three point shooting. Um, and you're Todd. Todd's been to practice. That man, they hit those in practice. So, and it's just the ability to transfer that to the game side. But Parker Stewart is a guy that was is probably going to be fun to watch. So, um, lots to talk about today. Uh, the big games last night. The NCAA also, uh, it has cocked me up. The uh, There was a a, um, a presser last night around 8.30, I think, or 9.30, from the college football playoff committee. And I'm like, what a, what a smart move to plan your first or second presser in, in right in the middle of the opening of college basketball as if someone is going to give a crap. About what Gary Barna has to say, um, so there was that. Uh, I, I didn't even look at it to see what all they they t- talked about, and uh, I'll, I'll get we'll get to that later. But the NCAA is setting the stage for dramatic restructuring of college sports that will give each of its three divisions the power to govern itself. Basically, they haven't been doing anything anyway, so they're like going, "Hey, let's do it this way." And I guess they're going to try to stay in existence. Uh, but approval of that new streamlined constitution ex- is expected in January with a new minimal consternation or conflict. The next phase of the NCAA's transformation figures to be more difficult, a reshaping of Division One that will tackle the revenue distribution, how rules are made and enforced. Access to the hot, most high-profile and lucrative NCAA events, such as the men's basketball tournament, and just how big the tent should be at the top of college sports. Uh, so, it, it the landscape. We've said this. Well, we and everyone knows the landscape of college athletics is changing forever, uh, right before our eyes. Right now, we've seen the transfer portal and, uh, and NIL just come in. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Um, Uh, So there are things that are going to have to really change that are going to change. The NCAA on Monday released a draft of an 18 and a half page constitution cut down from 43 pages over the last three months at the direction of president Mark Emmerich. The cutting of the NCAA red tape comes. Wow. They finally realized that they need to cut red tape, man. They're, they're at the top of it. They're right on it. You got to give them credit for that. So um, the change is coming. And part, I think, part of that is the NCAA is just trying to stay in existence, uh, trying to to make a reason to, to be there, um, because they're, they're they don't they they they're like a dog without teeth. They they just can't do a lot. They don't do a lot. And um, you've got the the football, the college football playoff, which is separate. Um, so everything there's just and there's just tons of money um there's a huge gap in division 1 with schools roughly with a 175 million dollar budgets and schools with 4 million dollar budgets that's in division 1 so you've got schools that have a 175 million dollar annual budget and schools that have budgets that are less than some of the single sports from some of these other teams. Most of the, a lot of the other teams, I would say. Uh, So there's that. Uh, The bowl subdivision of Division One is 130 schools that have access to the college football playoff, which brings in nearly $500 million annually that is controlled by conferences, not the NCAA. The Knight Commission recently proposed a revenue-sharing model that it believes would curb the athlete's arms race at the top of Division I and better support education goals. So, a lot of talk and, and all that, and we'll see how that shapes out. I hope everybody's doing well. Thanks a lot. To, uh, everybody joining us already. Donald, how you doing? Five lefts. The music man, Scott, Forrest is on, Sid, Dwayne, and... Uh, Look like, uh, Sid thought it looked like last year. Yeah, the three-point shooting didn't look good. But uh, some of those, I think, were just shots that shouldn't have been taken. And I think Coach Woodson said that. He talked about that um, last night. As a matter of fact, let's hear what he had to say. Or oh, where are we in the break? Um, yeah, let's hear what Coach Woodson had to say. Um, first of all, talk about losing that lead. They built up that big lead. And there was a guy that placed a bet on Indiana to cover the spread, $110,000. And man, he was looking so good. I bet he had to be feeling so happy for a while. And then the bottom collapsed. Um, It turned into what a one point game. Um, uh, They had a 20 point. I, I remember looking at a tweet. They had a 20 point lead with 15 minutes to go. And, just stop playing well, but let's hear what coach Woodson had to say.
4: Well, again, this is a team that, you know, we've assembled that, uh, we're trying to, you know, learn how to win. And, um, I thought when we built the lead, we stopped playing the way we got the lead. And, you know, until we get enough games under us, you know, and with our ball club, um, so you know, this is the first test with this team and again i i was happy that we didn't crack down the stretch and we made winning basketball plays down the stretch to secure the game uh and that's a good sign but we got to go back and break this film down and and um and talk about how we built the lead and how we can extend the lead going forward because i didn't i didn't think we handled that part of it very well tonight Talking about not handling success, uh, and he was right. Uh, We talked about
3: that uh, last night. Uh, If you have a chance, go back and look at that post-game show with Todd Leary. Uh, A lot of great analysis from him. A lot of great points. As always, it's what he does. That's why he's good uh, at at watching that. But, uh, yeah, they they just – I think they got a little lazy. um, And there were just some ill-advised – a lot of ill-advised shots during that that stretch, um, which they were probably a little tired – uh, to be honest with you, after that first half, ragged first half. But uh, you can't – no, that's an excuse. But It's just a learning. You have to learn from it. They have to go back. Now they have tape to break down. We talked about that. They have actual game tape, game tape film that matters to look at and, and to watch and the things that they did and did not do correctly, the guys that they did not hit looking for the right shots. They've got to get Parker Stewart uh, more shots. That dude – and he has to get more shots. He has to work harder as well. We talked about that on the show last night. He, he's the guy. He comes out and sets the tone with those two threes, man. Boom, boom. And it's like, uh-oh, it's going to be a big night. And then that was pretty much it. Uh, I think Todd said he let hit took or hit one more or two more shots the rest of the night after that, uh, which is crazy. They've got to get him uh, make sure that – and the guards have to make sure that they get him involved. Um, so they've got to get the offense a little more fluid. You look at Miller cop. He was old for three shooting from deep. That's a guy that's a a good shooter. That's a, not a typical night for him. He's not a rookie. He's played for three years in the big 10. He's played in assembly hall before on the other side where it's even harder. Um, so, uh, let's see, we got time for one more before the clip release. Uh, coach also talked about, the the defense that they played and and how well it was. Let's hear what he had to say.
4: Yeah, I mean, again, I've been saying it all along. Our defense is really, when I look at the three exhibition games that we played, you know, this is kind of how we played defense. And, you know, I expected that uh, coming out tonight. Uh, Didn't really know. I mean, we had a good offensive display in one of the games in the Bahamas. And then against Belmont, we had – you know, we were really good offensively, I thought, the way we moved the ball and made shots. Uh, you know, we're missing a lot of wide-open threes right now, and so we got to get better in that area because it was these same guys have been making them in practice, and uh, we, they just got to feel comfortable in taking them in the game and making them, and they will. We'll, we'll get to that point. But um, I like the way we started the ball game based on our defense because it, you know, I, I I keep saying that if we can build a defensive foundation here, you know, we'll be in every ball game and give ourselves a chance to win.
3: And he's right; defense wins championships. And they were playing unbelievable defense in that first half. It was smothering, um, and for most of the game until that last fifteen minutes, um, uh, they were they held Eastern Michigan under thirty percent shooting the entire night. Uh, not to look. Back, I don't have the stats pulled up in front of me to see what the actual game ending was. If they closed that with that run that they made, but uh, they held them all night long um, and, and until the end. So they've just got to build on that, build on maintaining what you've done, maintaining what you have uh, instead of letting it slip. And that's exactly what Coach Woodson is talking about. We got plenty more coming up. Derek Jackson's on the show today, as always, joining us in a little while. Bob Kravitz will be on. Rick Bolzitz, Hall of Fame writer. Both were at the game last night as well. We'll look forward to talking to him. Lots of other games to talk about. Uh, Virginia, not a good night. The big games uh, that our friend Mike DeCorsi was at last night, Duke, Kentucky, uh, Kansas, Michigan State. We'll talk about all that as more. You're listening to Indiana Sports Beat, brought to you by our great friends at Southern Stone Restaurant. Make sure you get out there and visit. That's where the IU basketball football coaches' shows are held weekly. Uh, what is today? Wednesday. Tonight's the Tom Allen Show, 705 with uh, Fish and Tom Allen. So make sure you go out there. We're back with more right after this.
1: We'll be right back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurants.
3: Whether it's a celebration or just a relaxing night away from the kitchen, don't make the same old choices. Try something fresh and new. Southern Stone Restaurant at Rogers and Patterson in Bloomington is open for lunch and dinner. Southern Stone offers comfort food with Southern charm. You can sit on the outdoor patio or the spacious inside seating. Knowledgeable bartenders with classic drinks. And you can catch the IU basketball and football coaches shows at Southern Stone Restaurant each week. Southern Stone Restaurant, located at Patterson & Rogers in Bloomington. If you're in the market for a new Honda, Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington has the deals for you. How about a brand new 2021 or 2022 Honda Pilot? All the trims for 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Or how about a brand new 2021 Honda Passport? Also 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Get more to your door at andymorehonda.com. Come see us at the
1: all-new Andy Moore Honda, now in Bloomington.
3: Hello, everybody. Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Speed. When I'm not covering the Hoosiers, you can find me at Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, located on the northeast corner of I-65 at Veterans Parkway. Bubba's 33 has hand-tossed pizzas, bold burgers, and ice-cold beer from a select list of local craft brewers. An incredible food selection, all made fresh daily. Whether you're meeting the team for that post-win meal in the family dining area or meeting friends for happy hour to watch the game on one of Bubba's 50 TVs, Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. If you're looking for a home in the Indianapolis area, you need Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty. Cheryl Sizemore has over two decades of experience, and that could be the difference in you getting the home you want in today's tough housing market. Reach out to Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty at Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com or 317-298-0961. Cheryl Sizemore from REMAX Advanced Realty. Let Cheryl Sizemore get you in the home you want today. Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com.
2: We all want a winning smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you will get at Reynolds Family Dentistry in Sellersburg. Reynolds Family Dentistry has been serving the dental needs of Hoosier families for over 30 years. Let doctors Roger and Jay Reynolds take care of your family. Just off of I-65 at 809 South Indiana Avenue in Sellersburg. Call 812-246-3368. That's Reynolds Family Dentistry, 812-246-3368.
3: Hey, this is Jim Coyle with Indiana Sports Beat Radio. We're now a part of the Rivals Network. Thehoosier.com is where you'll find complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers, as well as coverage of the Big Ten. Simply go to thehoosier.com and sign up. It's free. You can also catch Indiana Sports Beat Radio there each day at your convenience, or you can find it at any place you podcast or on this station each weekday. If we're not on the station where you live, we should be at for Indiana Sports Beat Radio. This
1: segment is brought to you by Andy Moor Honda of Bloomington. Now back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle. Presented by Andy Moor Honda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurant.
3: Welcome back, Indiana Sports Beat Radio. Brought to you by the great folks at Andy Morhonda, Honda Bloomington. If you're looking for a deal, they've got them for you. And they're fighting breast cancer as well. They're helping uh, the American Cancer Society. So they've got $0 down, 0% APR financing on uh, several vehicles. So uh, get out to Andy Moore on to Bloomington and uh, check it out. Uh, Ross commented about Navy beats Virginia last night. Armand Franklin, of course, transferred there. Not a good night for either of them, Armand. Two of 11 from the field, one of seven behind the arc. So not a great shooting night there. Navy or uh, Virginia goes down in they comment about Navy having some good teams in the past. David Robinson, of course, the admiral. Well, ironically, um, a friend of mine that I graduated high school with, Carl Liebert, who is on the V Foundation Board of Directors now. Played on that team with Carl. I mean, with with uh, the Admiral, and remember watching that last week. I think I told this story. I was a thing I told you yesterday. I ran it. I was in Dagwoods. Ran into Pat Graham, former player at IU, also went to my high school. We were friends. Um, we're talking, and we were talking about his recruiting, and he was telling me about. The his, and I never, never, ever talked about it, but his actual recruiting story with Bob Knight, when they're actually in the office, the parents are there. Um, and he was asking Pat, or you know, or who's you know who, who's it down to for you? Just tell him what, what, and he said, who's it down to? And if you say Kentucky, you can effing get the F out of my office. <laughs> and he pointed, he's like, he said, "He's. Said, I'm sitting there. He was like, he's already said the f word twice in front of my mom, and so that's that's what's going through Pat's night nine, is not nine But secondly, was Kentucky was the other school that was in his that was in his head. There was a guy that also went to Floyd Central that played at Kentucky uh, back in '71, uh, in an incredible year in Southern Indiana. Uh, the Mister Basketball came from down there and all that stuff, but um, but it was just odd, of course, Pat." went to IU, but, and I asked him, you know, how much of a chance was it that you ever went to Kentucky? He goes, eh. he goes, man, they make it hard. And I'm like that. I'm sure they do. But um, just a little, there's, I love the backstories, the, the stuff that, that you don't know, the little things that you don't know As Derek DJ joined to see him. I was just telling a recruiting story of a, a friend, Pat Graham who played basketball for IU. I ran into him last week and it played into, uh, when he was being recruited, he was they by Kentucky. He was at that Navy game that David Robinson and the other guy that, that I graduated with, Carl Lieber, was playing in. It was odd. It's just uh, how things come together in life are just weird in these stories. Uh, I know you missed the very first part of the story, but Pat Graham is a former player for IU, but his last two was Indiana and Kentucky. And I was telling the, his actual recruiting story with Bob Knight when he's sitting in the office and he asked him, Well, who's your final two? And if you say Kentucky, you can F and get the F out of my office. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just it's just funny. And I just I love hearing those backstories because there's always little tidbits of things how it just could have gone in a different direction. Um, and but that's that's just life. That's just decisions we all make in life, DJ. Uh man life can go in in so many different directions it's just with the 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 avenues that we travel. Last night college basketball kicked off and Indiana's next two opponent opponents Northern Illinois. Well they beat Washington on the road and St. John's put 119 points up uh against 61 against Mississippi Valley State. If you'll know this answer but for the fans Who's the most famous graduate of Mississippi Valley State? I think I would have to say it's Jerry Rice, uh, the former receiver from the 49ers. That's how I – first time I ever heard of Mississippi Valley State. I was like, Mm -hmm. who is this dude? Who is this – where is this going? Who is this dude? What are they doing down there? Man, they were just destroying people back in.
5: Yeah, yeah. They were, man. I tell you, uh, Jerry Rice is uh, obviously, uh, in my opinion, Probably uh, the most uh, well-known and the uh, best receiver to ever come through the NFL. Now, we've had a lot of them. Uh, I think Jerry Rice uh, probably supersedes those others uh, by far. Uh, There are a couple running close second. Uh, But, yeah, uh, last night, I tell you, man, it was a phenomenal game. Uh, Taking a look at uh, Coach Woodson in his first debut and him getting the the dub, uh, compliments of Trace Jackson, uh, who had a phenomenal night. um, Geronimo. I mean, those guys were, you know, Jordan Geronimo, man, he had a monster dunk last night. I mean, it was, hey, man, listen, man, it was, you, you wouldn't even think that he could get up that high. He's already tall as it is. He got up, man, and he just put it down. I tell you, going forward, uh, we've got to, you know, maintain the lead that we have, but I think we have a great season ahead. Uh, I, I think Coach Woodson has a similar great team, and like he said, Man, you know, I played here many, many years ago, but those 17 guys that suit up, it's not about me. It's about those guys, man.
3: He keeps coming back to that, and that's the one thing. And uh, you, you talk about him being introduced, and I, I'm sure he is he's glad that that's over. I'm sure he's tired of answering that question, but uh, it was a cool moment, and let's hear what he had to say about being introduced as the IU coach for the first time. Well, again, it's
4: good to be back home, man. I mean – you know the fan base here is like no other fan base. I mean, they they stay in the game all the way from the beginning to the end, and that's 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 helpful. That's healthy for our our young team uh, as we grow. Uh, we're gonna need our fan base. Uh, so it was good to be back, um, but in a different setting. You know, I was I played here many many years ago. and Those were good times, man. I'm just trying to get this team back to where that was back in the day. It would be kind of nice.
3: There you go. So, uh, yeah, so now he's ready to move forward from all that so he can focus on basketball, Derek, because that's what his, that's all he's thinking about and uh, getting the team better. But uh, there were there was upsets last night. So people that you cannot complain about being up. However, I don't know how it was just 20 was the highest lead, but uh, yeah, whatever budgets. it was uh you you can't yeah you you let the lead slip away but he talked about at the end they also did what they had to do at the end to hit the shots and to seal the game when it when it was important uh so that's something to take away from there as well but but there were upsets man navy virginia goes down to navy uh washington lost on the road to northern illinois like i said indiana's next opponent um, and, and there were a couple others as well, not, not a ton. Uh, Ohio State won on a last-second shot, I think. Yep. Uh, so there are people to Akron, the Zips. Yep, Akron, yeah. So, yeah, so if, if you'd rather be on the other side of that, uh, and I'm sure you wouldn't, you'll, you'll be happier with having to work on keeping a lead rather than having to get over a loss. But uh, Indiana's got some – but Northern Illinois beats Washington on the road, man, that's stouts. And that's Indiana's next opponent on Friday. So right. they got to get things, things together, but they've got film now that they can go back and actually game film, real game film that matters. Uh, and it can go back and, and look at, especially that last 15 minutes, Derek. I'm not going to say that's only where they're going to focus. Cause that's where they lost the lead. Cause they were up 20, I think with 15 mm-hmm. to play. Um, and I think at that point, that's when they just – they took the foot off the gas pedal. Um, and I guess maybe it's easy to do that when you work so hard and you look up at that scoreboard and you're like, yeah, we got this. And then you start cruise control. And that other team, man, they ain't here for cruise control. And no. they didn't they're, – they're, it's not the Washington Generals playing the Harlem Globetrotters. They want right. to try to win, man. They want to get that W this is the only time they're in assembly hall. They're looking up those banners. If they could stick a W on there, man, they'd be running out for the rest of their lives saying, I want in assembly hall, but, and, and they tried as, as well as they could, but couldn't get it done. But man, it made it for an exciting finish.
5: Well, i tell you, I think it's about, uh, uh, the culture and the history of Indiana basketball, uh, is really on display. Uh, it's, it's really going to be, uh, uh, on the table to be tested, uh, this year. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, Trace Jackson Davis stayed the best, and I and, and Coach Woodson was, you know, we're going to have to learn how to not only keep our lead but to extend it, uh, because there are going to be teams that w- are going to want to come into Assembly Hall. I'm, I'm telling you, I think some of the best days for basketball, college basketball, for me is on a Sunday. So, uh, and I and when they pack this, when they pack Assembly Hall, and you got a team uh, that doesn't have the history that Indiana doesn't, like you said, you stayed the best, Jim. I tell you what, to come into Assembly Hall and get a W. Uh, against uh, uh, you know, Bobby Knight's back this year. Yeah, I, I know he's not coaching, but listen, folks, Bobby Knight is back this year, okay? You gotta be excited by seeing this coach, the general man, the general is back, okay? And so, you got also, and I mean, Isaiah Thomas supporting. this organization, man, can go nowhere but up. So, you know, for Mike Woodson, I mean, there's a lot on his shoulders and there's a lot on his basketball team, but I think they're up for the challenge,
3: man. And and the pregame, uh, opening, they use. A lot of the clips from Isaiah's speech at Hoosier Hysteria, and I was able to, to watch it. man, I know he wrote that out or practiced it or whatever, but he nailed it. Uh, he did an unbelievable job, and for someone who hadn't been around the program much in the last several years because he's got his own endeavors now, and that's another thing people forget about. You know there, a lot of people are, are talking about Mike Whitson coming back. And it is a big deal, but that is not what he's thinking about. It, he played here a long time ago. Right. He has what he's done between then and now mm-hmm. is so much. He was only at Indiana for four years. Right. Well he was in the NBA for 18 years. He was in all these right. other places so people have to, to remember that. but, but mm-hmm. to Isaiah for being away as he long, the words that he said were very dead on and perfect. Uh, there was a comment here. I meant to talk about this. Jeff, thanks you. Todd last night talked about how IU doesn't have anyone working on the shooting mechanics with the players. Is anyone going to ask coach what's about that? You know, that's a great question. And, and uh, I will at the next, at the next presser, uh, the regular presser, that's, that's a question that I will pose the, the player. they, Woody is welcoming back a lot of guys to practice and whatnot, and Todd has been able to go to practice. And and that was a question that was asked last night on the post game show, and he talked about that's the one thing that he didn't see was anyone working on shooting mechanics, actual shooting mechanics. And I know they say that they hit those shots in practice a lot. And I'm saying, well, there's a difference between practice and, and game time for a lot of people mentally. Um, and it is, I mean, a lot of people can be great in practice, but when it's game time, it's different. And that you cannot simulate game time mentality. You you cannot, it's, it's, it's impossible. Um, and if you've played sports, you know what I mean? You you just can't do it because you, you can't recreate that. Those butterflies, you don't have butterflies in practice. There's no pressure in practice, but when it's a real game and on the line, Derek, those butterflies are there and they're real and the nerve and the stuff that's going through your head, it's way different. So, um, but to answer your question, yeah, I, I will, I will ask that question because it's been posed for a couple of years. And now that they, the rules have been changed where a couple of other guys are on the staff can actually work with players. It'll be interesting to ask t- about that.
5: Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I remember Steve Alford, uh, from back in the day, uh, and sometimes I would uh, – a couple times I went to practice just to watch this guy shoot and, uh, you know, how he was so mechanical and so methodical. And I think that, you know, we need to probably have someone working on the mechanics with these guys uh, because last night the shooting percentage wasn't that high. But you you said it, Jim, you said it the right. I mean, I don't, you couldn't say said it. Even better. listen, man, when the lights go on, it's completely different. When you're practicing against your own guys or if you've got a coach on the floor saying, you know, if he blows the whistle – and say wait a minute stop you can you can do that in practice okay you can get the ball back in your hand you can say look at your feet placement look at your arch where your eyes you can you can do all that but in, in game time you don't get you don't get the opportunity to do that you wouldn't i don't care how much film you watch you would never ever know how good that player is until that player is on the floor with you you know film t- film doesn't lie we know that but until you are faced you know you're seeing the shot clock man chicken died too one and you make trying to make a decision on what you're going to do man that is pressure folks that's pressure <laughs> there ain't no redos man there ain't, ain't no, no redos
3: redo. and just no redo, you can redo it like he was saying oh let's blow the whistle and let's do that again yeah There's no yeah. redos we'll redo. in game time and no you know that day, <laughs> uh, Rob finnessy speaking of no mm-hmm. redos he looked he, he looked comfortable to me uh uh, he, had a, he had a nice three-pointer that looked comfortable. He was in traffic sometimes with a ball and just looked comfortable. He, he looks like uh, the veteran that he is. The, the offense is just not gelled. Um, and uh, yeah. I don't know how long it takes, but it's going to take longer than a game and longer than a preseason because you've got a lot of new faces. You've got a new system. Uh, you've got new, new pieces that you're putting with uh, some older pieces. Again, look around, man. Teams lost. Teams lost to teams they shouldn't have lost to. Indiana didn't lose, but they're going to have a hell of a challenge uh, against Northern Illinois. Someone pointed out a minute ago uh, um, that one of their players hit six three-pointers last night. I think it was Tim. Uh, I don't know where it is. There you go, right there. Uh, Hankerson, six three-pointers and scored 28 points against Washington, a D1 team who uh, Hmm. has been good here of late. So there you go. We'll see how that works. That defense is. Hey, we got to take a quick break. Make sure you hit up our friends at Andy Moore Honda and Bloomington if you're looking for a new vehicle. They're helping out uh, Cancer Society and breast cancer specifically. And you can get $0 down, 0% APR financing on uh, select vehicles. Back with more right after this. We'll be right back to the Golf Club at Eagle
1: Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Andy Morhonda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurants. Hey, we all need insurance, whether it's auto, home, renters,
3: or life insurance, and you need to be insured by someone who cares about you. For those of you in the Southwest, Indiana, Evansville, and Southern Illinois areas, make sure to reach out to our friends at AAA Insurance today for your auto, home, life, and renters insurance needs. You can reach AAA Insurance at 812-477-9966. That's AAA Insurance. Be covered by someone who cares about you. The baseball season is entering the home stretch, of the
5: college and pro football seasons are ready for kickoff. Leroy's Tavern has every big game with the MLB and NFL ticket on any one of their many flat-screen televisions throughout the bar. Watch every game and enjoy one-dollar Bush life beer on Sunday, Monday, and Thursday throughout the season. Daily lunch specials are just five dollars, and that includes a sandwich, chips, and a non-alcoholic drink from 10 a.m. to 1:30 p.m. Monday through Friday. Leroy's Tavern, a West Side tradition,
3: at 2659 Montgomery Avenue. Whether it's a celebration or just a relaxing night away from the kitchen, don't make the same old choices. Try something fresh and new. Southern Stone Restaurant at Rogers and Patterson in Bloomington is open for lunch and dinner. Southern Stone offers comfort food with Southern charm. You can sit on the outdoor patio or the spacious inside seating, knowledgeable bartenders with classic drinks, and you can catch the IU basketball and football coaches shows at Southern Stone Restaurant each week. Southern Stone Restaurant, located at Patterson and Rogers in Bloomington.
2: You've always been there for me. You helped me count pennies from my piggy bank. You helped me pick out my first
0: car.
1: And helped me buy my dream home. And I know you'll continue to be there for whatever my future holds. Because you're my BFF, banking
2: friends forever.
6: Right now, get free checking with online banking. And all the products of big city banks with hometown service.
1: With First Federal, you can do that.
3: If you're looking for a home in the Indianapolis area, you need Cheryl Sizemore from Remax max Advanced Realty. Cheryl Sizemore has over two decades of experience, and that could be the difference in you getting the home you want in today's tough housing market. Reach out to Cheryl Sizemore from RE-MAX Advanced Realty at Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com or 317-298-0961. Cheryl Sizemore from Remax max Advanced Realty. Let Cheryl Sizemore get you in the home you want today. Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com. If you're in the market for a new Honda, Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington has the deals for you. How about a brand-new 2021 or 2022 Honda Pilot? All the trims for 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Or how about a brand-new 2021 Honda Passport? Also 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Get more to your
1: door with AndyMooreHonda.com. Come see us at the all-new Andy Moore Honda, now in Bloomington. This segment is brought to you by Aurora Specialty Sleep Clinic. Now back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio, Jim Coyne, presented by Andy Honda of Bloomington at Southern Stone Restaurant.
3: Welcome back. Office. Midway Point Wednesday. Derek Jackson, DJ, joining us here as uh, he does each week. Uh, looking forward to talking to Bob Kravitz from The Athletic later, and uh, Rick Bozich, Hall of Fame writer from WDRB, WDRB.com down in Louisville, but uh, former IU graduate. He uh, both were at the game last night, so uh, looking forward. Those are those are two veteran, veteran, two of the most respected writers in the country, Derek. I, I know uh, the funny thing is Bob is he's a columnist, and people there's a difference between – reporters beat writers and columnists. Columnists, i'm like a columnist I, I can i say whatever i feel say what i'm thinking um reporters and beat writers they're they're there to just give you the facts with without a lot of of opinion bob's a bob's a, a columnist <laughs> he tells you what he thinks and a lot of times people don't like it don't agree and that's fine if everybody if you if you agree with everything you know you're you're not probably not saying the truth a lot of the times but uh, I, I I love him. Uh, Rick's uh, Rick's been Rick is a unique columnist. He's a guy that has gotten through. He doesn't have that that he's more of a middle of the road guy. He's been able to do do that. Uh, he's a, one of the greatest writers. It's why he's a hall of famer. But uh, love having him on. He's a, he's a uh, they're pretty funny. Six foot, he's like six six too. Big old dude. Isn't it? Isn't Big old dude, man. I'm like uh I didn't know this went, went to the high same high school with um Greg Popovich. Poppy. Really? Pop from uh Spurs up mm-hmm. in Mariville from the region up in Mariville. Maryville um, in that area, yep. Yep, yeah, up uh, from the region. Um, so yeah, looking forward to talking to those guys later on, but especially my, and you and Mike Dumas joining us. What a treat that is. You talk right. about, it. he was a bad man. Second in the secondary, uh, played safety, uh, de- well, played in the fa- defensive backs, uh, for Indiana yeah. back in the Mallory era, uh, drafted in the NFL, played a decade in the NFL yeah. for, uh, four teams, uh, it, he was you. If you could get ten years in the NFL, man, that is a career. I know there there are guys that go longer, but trust yeah. me, I I think the average life expectancy in the NFL is probably three point five. There you go. I, three I, years, boom. Baby. I, I knew three it's, it's, years,
5: man. Three it, years. Yeah.
3: And what does it take to get a pension?
5: Um, I was we were talking with Nolan about that, and I think it takes. Once one season, I think I think it's once or one game, one season to get a pension. Really? And, yeah. The, and, Holy and, uh, cow. That's it. And I, and I think, you know, speaking that, you know, speaking of that with Mike, man, and, and we'll get to that when he gets there. But Mike, uh I tell you, man, when I went to, you know, went to a couple of games, I mean, standing in front of the man himself, Junior Sayoff. <laughs> I had oh, a test to be wow. Junior sayoff I was like, I was in awe, man. I was in awe just meeting Junior Sayo, man. <laughs> I was like, "Mike, yeah. I know you're my buddy, man, but listen, man, we talk about Junior sale okay?"
3: <laughs> yeah, that's when when you meet certain people, you can just tell uh, why they are. I remember I used to work the National Finals Rodeo a lot in the media because I, I had an involvement there. I've talked about that, and I remember they were there. There'll always be athletes at. at because the national finals rodeo in Las Vegas was, was a big event and there's people that, that uh, the crossover there, but uh, John Elway was there and he was walking in front of me and he looked, he was retired then, but he had a leather coat on, but he still, he looked like an NFL quarterback. He wow. was just big chiseled six, three, four, whatever he was. And just, I'm like, damn. And that dude was a quarterback. I'm like, and that dude was a quarterback and he looked like somebody that would just could jack you up right now. Um, so that's why these guys are, they're just special athletes, man. I, it's just all I can tell you. If you've never been around one, ever had the good fortune of, uh, of meeting one, um, there, there's just a little difference between them and the rest of us mortals. <laughs>
5: Yeah, I tell you, man. Uh, speaking of John Elway, uh, I love the guy, respect the guy, but I didn't like him this week because they beat my Dallas Cowboys pretty bad in Arlington. It made—I don't know what we were doing, but we did not look like a six-in-one football team against the Denver Broncos in Arlington. I don't know what was going on. Sorry, I start, folks. I am so sorry. I'm off topic. But I'm, you know, I'm a huge Hoosier fan. And I'm a huge Dallas Cowboy fan, and we did not get the job done in Arlington this week. Jerry Jones you stay out of football operations, make money for the team, but you gotta stay out of football operations, please. You please, know that so ain't so gonna happen.
3: happen. You know that's not gonna happen. Yeah, I know. I, I, he, I there I, are just there are most owners don't get involved, and there are certain owners that you know are involved, and, and some that shouldn't be. Like Arthur Blank, is he still yeah. on the Falcons? Is that the guy I who owns think so. the Falcons? I think, well, oh, he's on I the sideline. Blanc- I mean, get off the damn sideline. I hate when I see an owner on the sideline. I mean, get off yeah, the I, damn sideline. It drives me nuts. Um,
5: that's, that's what they reserve the uh, seats in the sky for, cars, man. Uh, yeah, they sit got up there stuff. with your family, man. Let the, coaches, let the coaches run the football team. Let them
3: get the wins for you, man. We don't need all that, man. Very, so. uh, Jerry Jones is involved in the drafting uh, everything he's, yeah, he's he, got a yeah, hand yeah. in on everything now with to be fair he played football at Arkansas with, with oh. Jimmy Johnson uh that's how you know that relationship happened and before it soured and uh, I'm sure they're fine now but uh, but yeah and and what a what a monster they built. But I think Jimmy Johnson got most of the cre- Should get most of the credit uh, if you if you really go back and look at the history of that. But but uh, yeah, he he loves being involved and uh, just trying to, to find that that magic button. And it's just it's so it shows you how difficult it is. But there then there are people like and I hate it, and a lot of people hate it. But um, our buddy Bill Belichick up in New England, he's about to do it again. He's found his quarterback, I think. He's found the guy. And that's the thing. You've got to find the quarterback. If you find the quarterback, that changes everything. You you can put the other pieces around because people see that. And, man, he's already – I think he's already found his quarterback.
5: Well, I tell you, just, just, get, just to finish it up and get right back – you'll get right back to where we were. <clears throat> Remember, when the Cowboys – we won those Super Bowls. That, who was the head coach at that time? Jimmy Johnson, right? Oh yeah. Okay, so they had a relationship. Jimmy Johnson did not allow Jerry Jones to get into the drafting. He didn't. He, he was hands off at that time. We yeah. were successful. <laughs> now, here yeah. we go. So Jerry Jones, stay out of it. But yeah, I think Bill Belichick has he, He's found his another masterpiece, and Mac Jones. Um, he's going to uh, surround uh, Mac Jones with the protection that he needs. Uh, and everybody thinks that, oh, you know, uh, since, uh, you know, Tom Brady left New England, they're going to go down. Listen, anytime Tom Brady leaves a football team, they're going to have a challenge year or two. But Belichick is going to come back, folks. Do not think he's going to be sitting where he is forever.
3: Hey, uh, Yesterday, uh, uh, a note I mentioned, uh, um, oh, daggone it. Um, Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin passed Bill Cowher in – wins uh total wins in in, in Pittsburgh uh mm-hmm. and they've only had three coaches since nineteen sixty nine. I I just that's I wish I was a Steelers fan. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I because that is a great, great, great organization. Um uh, it's one of the best organizations in professional sports or in all of sport, uh, I should say. Um there were some other big games last night, Derek. Um uh, Michigan State, Kansas, uh, and Mm -hmm. Kentucky. Duke, the nightcap. Coach Krzyzewski's farewell tour started off in the Garden, a great place in Madison Square Garden, and uh, in great fashion As number nine Duke beats number 10 Kentucky, 79-71. The biggest storyline there, of course, was Trevor Keels, a freshman, stole the show with 25 points in looting Duke to a season-opening win. He's a uh, 6'4 combo guard. He dominated the first eight minutes of the second half. Um, I, I didn't get to watch that game because I was doing the post-game show with, with Todd. But uh, before that, you had Michigan State and Kansas, and I think Michigan State got handled in that game. let um, they uh, let's see. They honored, oh, they honored Mike Krzyzewski at halftime of that game, which was nice. Uh, mm-hmm. But in the, uh, the other game, what was the final score of the other game? I, I didn't get to see either of those games. I think Kansas won pretty handily. Kansas right? won eighty-seven to sixty-four. Michigan State does this every year. They they don't start off very well. And now that Indiana is out of this crossroads classic, and they have Mike Woodson. This is an event that they want Indiana in. If you notice these teams, all blue bloods. Kansas, Kentucky, Duke. Michigan State is not really a blue blood. They're a very, very successful program. I don't know if I put them in the blue blood category. They have, what, just two national titles. Maybe they're on the fringe. Um, But, of course, they've been more successful than Indiana has been for the last several years. But Indiana Mm -hmm. is once you are. You always are a blue blood. When you have five national titles, I'm sorry. Over that period of time, you're that you not. No one's taking that away. We got to take a break, is what John was telling me. I think. No. What were you? No. You're. Um, no. I, I saw I said you the pop score up wrong. Or,
1: it was eighty-seven yeah, yeah. seventy-four, not sixty-four. Made him look I, worse than they actually were.
3: Uh, also, you know what? Last night, Trace Jackson Davis and uh, Xavier spoke after the game, and this is probably right. the only time we'll be able to get that in. Uh, Trace Jackson had a great night. Uh, statistically speaking, let me pull those stats up for him. Right, what do he end up with? Twenty-one points. Um, couldn't hit a free throw to save his life, and that is something that is is, is not that is continued for him, um, and, and it's not not good. Obviously, right? Uh, his ju- it shows that his to me it just shows that his his basic jump shot is not good. And that goes back to, I think that they should have someone like Todd Leary or anybody else who really likes to study, watch, pay attention to things. Just talk to him, Just a little thing here and there because a lot of times, I know making a shot adjustment is hard at that level, but if it's not, look at what the Boston Celtics did with Romeo Langford. The very first damn thing they did was take a ping pong battle and tape it to his left hand Mm -hmm. and make him shoot with that. There was pictures of that. Um, So he's a guy. Uh, Christian Lander is is another guy. I think that could probably use uh, some help with that. But I think that it's something that they need to do. And I, I do look forward to asking about that. So I, whoever asked that before, uh, I will take that challenge and, and ask that question um, because it is a, a valid question to ask. But Let's hear what Trace Jackson said about losing the lead in last night's game.
1: Yeah, um, I really think it was just big. Um, Farrakhan, especially down the shot or the stretch, started hitting shots and sometimes a player gets hot. Um, we were up by 20 with about 12, 10 minutes left and um, we just didn't step on their throats when we should have. So um, just simple things that we got to fix like uh, just switching and stuff of that nature. But um Uh, It's just good to get a dub, first dub, so we'll take it.
3: Well, he ain't lying there. Good to get a dub, right?
5: Uh, It's always good to get that in. Yeah. Uh, He ended up with
3: 21 points on 9 Mm -hmm. of 14 shooting. That's a great night, except for that 3 of 7 at the free throw line. You can't have a guy that's that important, your All-American, who's going to be playing – Thirty-seven minutes a game is going to be down low. Who's going to be getting hacked at at, at yeah. critical times of the game? You can't think that you got Shaquille O'Neal going to the free throw line,
5: right? <laughs> yeah, he's pretty bad. Shaquille O'Neal's pretty bad, man. Doing this time in the
3: free throw. <laughs> he's no bird. He's no worse than three for seven. I promise you. Uh, yeah. but Trace Jackson does so many other things. Twelve? 12- yeah. No, he had fourteen total rebounds. 21 points and 14 rebounds. I mean, that's big boy numbers. Uh, so it's, it's hard to complain about a guy when he's putting up All-American numbers like that. But if this was not a, a conference game that was a, a two-point, well, hell, this was a damn one-point game. But if this was against somebody else who might have been tougher that could have pushed this to a, a, a different challenge, a more infatible challenge, man, those free throws, They're critical. Um, Yeah, Johnson is five of eight. He had fourteen total rebounds, and he had two of the only five offensive rebounds. That's an area where Indiana was just terrible last night. Um, uh, Forty-three total rebounds they had, only five offensive, and like Todd pointed out, hell, they missed. They shot sixty-two times and only hit twenty-six of them. So uh whatever the math that is 38 or whatever that's 38 attempts at a rebound just on your at, at an offensive rebound you had 38 offensive rebound attempts and you mm-hmm. only got five um that's something that definitely is going to have to be worked on i think
5: yeah we got you got to get that you know and the way i look at it is every time whether it's an offensive rebound or a defensive rebound Uh, Every time uh, we get an opportunity to go back up and put more points on the board, I mean, the rebound should really turn into points. I don't care if you're on the defensive end of the floor because now you're going to, now you got to transition. Or if you're on the offensive end of the floor, you got to take an opportunity to get those points on the board that you didn't get up there. So, yes, we have to work on that. We've got to work on our transition and we've got to work on our shooting because shooting was, by all accounts, was not very good last night.
3: Uh, Tim pointing out that uh, the Bayham boys uh, helped Syracuse get a win, another future IU opponent. Uh, so IU's future opponents are winning as well. So that's something to look at. But also, when you're playing Eastern Michigan, you know you're playing Eastern Michigan. And like Trace Jackson said, he, they took their foot off the throats and they shouldn't have. Um, And maybe that's a little part of it. Maybe you don't do that if it's Michigan State. You hope they don't do that if it's Michigan State. Uh, But they're going to get their opportunity to find out. Looking at some of these results with these scores, um, they're going to have some challenges coming up. Uh, Xavier was asked after the game about the three-point shooting, and it was poor, let me tell you. Four of 24, 16%. Uh, That's horrific. Uh, you, you had Eastern Michigan shooting 39%. They hit nine three-point shots. That's why they were able to get in that game. Uh, right. And so you got a, a, a guys that are, you know, that were overlooked, not recruited, and they're playing against these big-time guys, man, just knocking down shots. Well, let's hear what Xavier had to say.
5: Uh, I mean, we still got work to do.
7: Uh, I'm, I ain't going to lie. Oh, our last practice on Sunday, when we, our last scrimmage, a little, little set up. Uh, we shot the same same percentage, four for twenty four. Coach told us you got to get in the gym, and, and that's what we're gonna we're gonna keep grinding, and we're gonna get back in the gym tomorrow.
3: There you go. Got to keep grinding, and and it's it's different between practice and the games, like they said. But I'm sure we'll get that worked out. Um, be, it's Miller Cop, like I said, he went over three, so that tells me it's more of a synchronicity thing. Maybe uh, you've got to get Parker Stewart more involved, or and Parker Stewart has to get more involved. Um, so. It's a lot of positive things. It's not like they there's things that happen that they can't do. So looking forward to that and uh, looking forward to uh, Rick Bozich coming up along with Bob Kravitz. They were both at the game last night. Uh, looking forward to getting their views on that. Uh, and there's, there's a ton of more games tonight uh, Opening up the season. Uh, there was nearly 200, 186 last night. And so the remaining uh, there's probably like another 60 or so games tonight. Uh, maybe the college football committee will schedule another um, presser in the middle of that, as they did last night, to trying to bury it. Uh, their presser in the middle of the opening of college basketball. Hey, we got lots more coming up here. Rick Bozic from WDRB.com joins us, Hall of Fame writer. Uh, Bob Kravitz from The Athletic as well. Back with Bohr right after this. We'll be right back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for
1: more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle. Presented by Andy Morhonda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurants. If you're in the market for a new Honda, Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington has the
3: deals for you. How about a brand-new 2021 or 2022 Honda Pilot? All the trims for 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Or how about a brand-new 2021 Honda Passport? Also 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Get more to your door at AndyMooreHonda.com. Come see us at the
1: all-new Andy Moore Honda, now in Bloomington.
3: Whether it's a celebration or just a relaxing night away from the kitchen, don't make the same old choices. Try something fresh and new. Southern Stone Restaurant at Rogers and Patterson in Bloomington is open for lunch and dinner. Southern Stone offers comfort food with Southern charm. You can sit on the outdoor patio or the spacious inside seating, knowledgeable bartenders with classic drinks, and you can catch the IU basketball and football coaches shows at Southern Stone Restaurant each week. Southern Stone Restaurant, located at Patterson and Rogers in Bloomington. Hello everybody, Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Beat. When I'm not covering the Hoosiers, you can find me at Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, located on the northeast corner of I-65 at Veterans Parkway. Bubba's 33 has hand-tossed pizzas, bold burgers, and ice-cold beer from a select list of local craft brewers. An incredible food selection, all made fresh daily. Whether you're meeting the team for that post-win meal in the family dining area or meeting friends for happy hour to watch the game on one of Bubba's 50 TVs, Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. If you're looking for a home in the Indianapolis area, you need Cheryl Sizemore from Remax Advanced Realty. Cheryl Sizemore has over two decades of experience, and that could be the difference in you getting the home you want in today's tough housing market. Reach out to Cheryl Sizemore from Remax Advanced Realty at Cheryl at IndieHomePros.com or 317 298 0961. Cheryl Sizemore from Remax Advanced Realty. Let Cheryl Sizemore get you in the home you want today. Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com. Considering an online pharmacy? Explore BeSafeRx to find useful information and resources to help you purchase medicines safely online. A safe online pharmacy requires a doctor's prescription, has an address in the United States, has a licensed pharmacist, and is licensed by a state pharmacy board. It's best to stay away from online pharmacies that don't meet these criteria. Discover more helpful tips and resources at BeSafeRx. Go to fda.gov slash BeSafeRx. Hey, we all need insurance, whether it's auto, home, renters, or life insurance, and you need to be insured by someone who cares about you. For those of you in the Southwest, Indiana, Evansville, and Southern Illinois areas, make sure to reach out to our friends at AAA Insurance today for your auto, home, life, and renters insurance needs. You can reach AAA insurance at 812-477-9966. That's 812-477-9966. AAA insurance. Be covered by someone who cares about you. This segment is brought to you by Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. <laughs> Now back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for
1: more Indiana Sportsbeat Radio, Jim Coy, Presented by 80 more Honda of Bloomington and Southern
3: Stone Restaurant. Oh, Welcome back on this Wednesday. And that is a special day because we get the big guns. Bob Kravitz from The Athletic. Rick Bozitz from WDRB.com. Both at the game last night, guys. Uh, yes, sir. I think the thoughts are pretty much the same. Indiana built the big lead, looked good doing it. Got lazy. Three point shooting is a problem. Regular shooting is a problem.
6: Um, <laughs> free throw shooting.
3: Free throw shooting is a problem. Things we've heard before, ironically, but it still looked different and the guys sound different. I know they're hitting these shots in practice, but there's a difference in practice in the game. I do I don't know. I don't know. That, that's the what Archie
6: Miller used to say. I know. That's it. it sure does say. are hitting them in practice. <clears throat> well, I don't give a damn what you're doing in practice. <laughs> hit them in the game. Here's what's
0: concerning, though. They didn't hit them in practice. Xavier Johnson said they went four for 24 in the scrimmage, too.
6: Oh, yeah. We yeah had that's that's, right. He
3: just had that comment. He just said that we played that. I was like, uh, but it, I think that they. Miller Kopp going 0 for 3 shows me that maybe part of that is some synchronicity problems because he's a proven shooter. He's played for three years in the Big Ten. Uh, he's played in Assembly Hall on the other side, which is difficult. So
6: um,
3: they, did, I don't know. I just they, this didn't seem to get into a, a rhythm last night.
6: Well, you know, to me they look. I, I think Cop is going to prove to be a really good shooter. Just watching him and his form and his release, he looks like a shooter. I think Parker Stewart's got a chance to be a decent um, shooter from the outside, um, but I, I think they're in a, a similar situation to where they were last year, where you had do- you really only had uh, two guys who could hit from the outside with any regularity, and I, they need more than that if they're going to play the kind of style that that Mike Woodson wants to employ. So, look, I, I, I think this is going to be a very similar season to what we've seen in the past. Um, you know, I look, I'm not going to read too much into one game, um, but I, you know, it, it's hard, it's hard to imagine that suddenly they're going to become a team that's going to shoot 38, 40% from three.
3: No. And Rick last night on a post on the post game show with, uh, Todd Leary, a question came, he, he's been, been able to go to practice and the question came up as. It, it, it was anybody any, or any of the coaches, a shot doctor. And I'm like, well, I don't think that any of the assistant coaches are considered that. And, and they asked, does anyone work with him?" And Todd said, no, that's the one thing that he didn't see is anybody working with anyone on shooting mechanics. You know, he saw a couple of guys working after on their own and whatnot, but and he just kept saying, Hey, you know, they all have my number. Um, and <laughs> he's, he praised uh, – I think you – I was shocked, and you may be, but who do you think he praised when I said, all right, when you guys were playing, you had a team of guys that were all great shooters. Because well, that's not exactly true at the beginning. He said there were some things we had to work on as well. But do you know who he praised as being a guy who could, like, catch things and just give you a tip here and there that, that helped improve him and, and some of the other guys back then? Dan Dockage. Bingo. <laughs> you, you, you nailed it. He, he said, "I, I, I he, says, he may be surprised to you, but he's Dan would, he just, for whatever reason could sometimes just see things and just give you this little tip that w- would help you. And um, I, I do, it seems like today people don't want to ch- help them change their shot. They just want to c- kind of help them moving along. But obviously there's some guys and trace Jackson Davis is the first one that comes to mind. He's got to work on his regular jump shot, as we've talked about for four or three years now. Um, at he the free throw line, he goes over.
6: He made the one from the elbow, seventeen yeah. feet, look good. Yeah, I, I was just honestly, it was only one, but I was just glad to see him take it. And also well, made a nice right hand move down by, on the block. Right, to try the right hand, and you know, race Thompson took one or two threes. I mean, that that's what Mike wants them to do, and. Oh, yeah. You know, whether they're going to make any of them is a completely different deal. Going back to Dan, uh, he, you know, obviously has the coach's eye, but how come he couldn't shoot? <laughs> hey, but isn't that t- the truth in a lot of things?
3: Guys are, are not always. Those that uh, those sorry. that do, those totally that do unfair. do, and those that can't teach, right? That's the old saying. Right. Those that those can't turn on the radio at ten
0: o'clock because I know who's going to get blown up now I mean, uh, <laughs> That's okay. I'm used well, to it by I, mean, now. I think Woodson needs to be the guy. He, he he's the fifth all-time leading scorer at IU. He's a, he was an offensive player. I think he's the guy who can teach shooting. And the one thing I'll, I'll give him credit for is. the the most interesting comment I thought he made after the game was that's the way the game's played. Now we have to keep shooting the shots. And I think what he's, I think after two or three years of these guys playing, feeling like I better not take that shot. If I miss that shot, I'm coming out of the game. He's indoctrinating them to think it's okay. If you take a shot, it's okay. If you take a couple shots and you miss them. I didn't really see one instance in the game where he pulled somebody for taking a bad shot. And they did. And they did take a few bad shots. They took some. Yeah. Ray Thompson took a couple. quick ones From the corner. He pulled guys. He pulled Xavier Johnson for those turnovers. And he pulled, uh, I think, Galloway for a defensive miscue. But he didn't pull anybody for taking a bad shot. So I think he changed the mindset of take these shots. I believe you can make them. Keep doing it.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, the. He, there were a couple of timeouts uh, that he called, boom. Uh, there was a defensive lap where they gave up uh, an easy three. Uh, and like you mentioned, and that's what he was focusing on. He was just teaching, teaching moments. And, and they're going to be challenged coming up. I talked about Northern Illinois is their next opponent. They beat Washington on the road last yeah, night. So that. you got that. St. John's put 119. I know it was Mississippi Valley State. They scored 119 points. Syracuse wins. Um, they've got some challenges that are coming up. Uh, that are teams that are uh, Northern Illinois. They're going to give Indiana everything they have. Uh, Eastern Michigan did. Uh, they're coming. Those teams are coming in here and looking up there, and like, okay, I, I, I Indiana still does not have that all factor right now. Coming into Assembly Hall like they used to. People are now coming in and, and saying, hey, maybe we got a shot. Uh,
6: Absolutely. The, the veil of invincibility has been lifted, and and it's it's really it was lifted a long time ago. Honestly, and I, I I just want to say this one thing. It, it's sort of unrelated to what we're talking about, but wasn't it great to be back in a full – it wasn't a full house, but to just have fans there and, and see all those people and hear all, all those people. And, you know, in the in the mi- midst of the pandemic, I got to a point where I, I had forgotten what sports were like with fans and almost got to the point where I was like, yeah, do we really, do we really, are they really that important? You know, because frankly, it was nice going to a game with no no traffic, easy to park, you know, easy to get to the restroom. You know, I was, the elevator spoiled. wasn't crowded. You know what? I miss those people. I miss you all. It was so great. Uh, you know, when Mike was uh, introduced, uh, when I, you would go on a roll, when the game got tight and they, they needed the crowd. To get involved, they were there, and it was just nice to go back to Bloomington and hear Assembly Hall. and I'm looking forward to going up to Purdue as well.
0: Yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised how loud the crowd was. I, mean, I, I, I don't know if they announced a sellout. I guess all the tickets were sold, but it was more full than I thought it would be.
5: Yeah.
3: Yeah, uh, early, especially for an early game, that 6 o'clock start uh, made it difficult. Uh, when I was trying to get to the game, I'm like, what the hell's with all this traffic? Well, I look, it's 5 o'clock. How am I going? Well, that's part of the reason right there. So, but yeah, it was great. To, I love seeing the ushers because the, uh, the, the ushers are all the same people that you yeah. see for years. It's just great to see them. You're like, hey, how are you? And it was just great to see everybody. Um, so, yeah, it was a fun night to be out there and, and the fans – they seem to be happy to be able to be out there more importantly, Absolutely. Um, but, but they got to start uh, winning and, uh, and doing the things that they're not doing right now. Uh, defensively, they look great in the beginning. I mean, that was a, a wonderful start. They, they really smothered uh, Eastern Michigan and held them to under 30% shooting for the most until, of the entire yeah. game until the very end. And when they went on that run and they ended up shooting 31% for the game, but, they shot nearly forty percent from three, and that's right. what got him in and and kept him in there. And um, man, sometimes there was uh, that Louis Farrakhan I'm just kidding. Uh, Farrakhan played. He was hit three of those shots, man. So big oh, night he, for him. He was on a. He was,
6: he was, a was a over
3: thirteen till he started throwing them in, though. I mean, he was like, didn't
5: wasn't he over thirteen?
0: Yes, and he was, was over thirteen.
5: Was he put up twenty one total shots. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think with these guys, uh, what, what what happens with these other teams that they prepare for us, like you guys were saying, and and very good points. I mean, they're gonna these these teams that you know the veil has been lifted, uh, of invincibility has been lifted. I mean, they focus on their strong points, and that's look it looks like to me, Eastern Michigan last night was focusing on their shooting. They said, if if we're gonna beat these guys, if we're gonna have an opportunity, we've got to put points on the board, and it looks like that was their game plan last night to me.
3: Yep, yep. I agreed. And they did it well. Uh, so Indiana has Northern Illinois coming up Friday. There's You've got a few days in between. They've got tape to look at, which is sure I'm gonna, they'll be doing nothing but that today, breaking that down. Um, and so you, you've got a team coming in that is going to be for a challenge. What are, Other than hitting shots, what else do they need to do right now? Well,
0: I mean, I think one thing they need to do is, I, I thought last night they didn't take advantage early in the game of, how well they played defensively. Right. Went 0 for 11, 1 for 14, and they were only up 10 to nothing. They could have knocked them out in the first 10 minutes of the game. And then, you know, again, after they're up 40 to 19 or whatever it was, if you make one or two threes at that point and get somebody down 25, you know, you you get them discouraged. But they never quite – and that's been a problem with this team. We've seen that happen before. They they don't do the knockout punch. And, you know, that's – the guards – I've said it before and I'll say it again. I mean, the front court is is, is one of the better ones in the Big Ten. The guard mm-hmm. going to determine how good Indiana is. They got to have a dude in the back court, and they haven't had a dude since Yogi Ferrell.
6: That's exactly right.
0: Like, I'm I'm the best player on the court. I'm going to dictate the way this game's played. I'm going to make a big shot when one needs to be made. I'm going to get a defensive stop, and I don't know whether it's going to be Xavier Johnson or Finneysey or whoever else, but one of those guys needs to really sort of become the guy who's like, this is my team and, and I'm running it.
6: That's exactly right. I, I thought, I thought Finnessy had some decent moments he did. Uh, last night. I thought he was, uh, you know, hunting his shot a little bit more than he normally does, which is to say never. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought he looked good. You know, Xavier, you, you could see the potential, but you could also see why he drives coaches crazy with the turnovers. Right. You know, he's more aggressive with the basketball than rob is he's looking for to create but he's going to make mistakes so i think the two of them combined can can be an interesting you know part of an interesting backcourt but uh i need to see it on a consistent basis especially from rob
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah johnson made a big basket 64 sixty four sixty two. that drive that he made uh was 16 seconds ago yes. that might yes. have been the biggest basket of the game and that's what I'm talking about. He took control. He showed confidence. And I don't think like last year, I don't think they had a guy in the team that would have done something like
6: that. I agree. Yeah.
3: Right. Parker Stewart hit those two big threes to start the game. And he was like, Oh wow. Here it comes. You're starting that engine. But he would only take three more shots the rest of the night. Uh, that was uh, something that, that Todd talked about and pointed out. It's like, Man, he's got to get more involved, but the guards have to get him more involved as well. Uh, and Xavier Johnson has to help get him more involved. And you mentioned Rob Finnessy. I thought he looked comfortable is what he looked to me. His three-point right. shot looked comfortable that he took. Uh, he was in traffic a, a few times and, and looked comfortable. Uh, they didn't turn the ball over uh, much. That's uh, they're under – was it, under 10? I think and- they had an eight. Eight. And four of those come in the very first couple of minutes, I think. Right. Uh, so they just, don't turn the real. ball over toward the end of the
6: game. But um, that's a positive. You're trying to find some positives there. I think, you, I think you saw some things that you can work with. I mean, look, when the ball's not going in, you're going to look really awful. I mean, it's just as simple as that. I thought they ran their offense well. I, mean, I think they got a little stagnant and the ball started to stick a little bit late when uh, Eastern started making their run. But – I I liked a lot of what I saw. It's just a matter of making the damn shot. And, hell, man, go to the hyper building, find some guy from Bedford, Indiana, and let him
0: shoot, for crying out loud. Where was Anthony Leal? He's supposed to be a shooter. He didn't get in the game.
6: did not get in the game, I Neither did Lander. Yeah, well.
3: (laughs) Uh, That's questions that came up. Lander and Leal uh, did not make it in. Uh, what was it, a nine-man rotation total used last night? Uh, right. Jordan Geronimo did. Uh, you saw his athletic ability, uh, but not a lot more. Todd calls him an OG type, uh, and he is. He's got to still has to find his offensive. Uh, you know, is he going to shoot? What's What's he going to do? Uh, is he's an all-around kind of guy? Uh, I get that, getting rebounds and making some fantastic dunks, but. If you're going to be in there, you I think uh, if you look at the plus-minus, he was negative nine when he was in, or twelve, negative twelve. But that could also be attributed to the guys around him, the the rotations. But he he's not a shooter yet. He's you know, what is he offensively?
6: Yeah, exactly. He right now he's an athlete. Right. I'm not sure he, if he can play he basketball,
0: a, but he's an athlete. He needs to be an offensive rebounder and a facilitator and a and a you know a hustle guy
6: right until he
0: develops a face-up game, he backed lots of other he backed somebody down in the second half and and put up a shot and didn't go in but uh, he had that one alley dunk that was impressive but yeah he needs to develop a face-up game improve his ball handling and become comfortable with his
7: jumper
3: And, and we got tons more games throughout it's a long season five months so uh there's tons more and you can't judge much on one game uh, you've got a long way to go. Lots of other games last night, though, fun. Uh, of course, you had the two gigantic matchups with Kansas and Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State putting on their typical early season performance of not playing all that great, losing to, to them. Then a, a, a funner, a more enjoyable game, I guess, with the Duke-Kentucky game. Man, uh, some freshmen. Uh, there was some high-level play in that game.
0: Yeah, Duke looks like they've got the best freshman in the country, in my opinion, maybe two of them, uh, Banchero and the other, the, the point guard. Keels, is that his name? Yep. I, don't I, I listen yep. to the game on the radio driving home. Yeah, they've got – Duke's going to make the tournament this year. Last year was an aberration.
6: Yeah. My um,
5: question is about the Duke roster. Is there ever – do they ever have a roster where they mention sophomores and juniors and seniors? Because, it like, every year their roster is just full of freshmen. Then they leave. Then you got the other freshmen. Then they leave.
6: <laughs> it's just interesting how Coach K has changed over the years. You know, back in the day, he was not a one-and-done proponent. Now he's, now he's very much that. Yeah. I well, mean, you've had to
3: become that, and they get yeah. those guys like the, the freshmen that are superstars that are Absolutely. just, you know, those once-in-a-generation talents – that can do things that sophomores, juniors, and seniors can't do. But now you also, Kentucky has really used that transfer portal where coach K was always the one and done because that was, he was a recruiting guy, not a X's and O's guys. And now I think that they've made the smart move of, of just wearing that transfer portal out and taking the best players they can get from all these other places that, that, maybe didn't have a chance to play out of Kentucky or anything like that until they've developed their game now. Um, so they're doing a good job of that. Although they took the big L last night.
0: Yeah. Cal Perry made a, a big pivot after last season. He, he decided to go pretty hard in the transfer portal. I think they've got four guys, uh, new guys and they step, I think they only have three freshmen and they're not as good as, you know, they, the freshmen they had when they were really rolling, like, Davis and Cousins and Wall and Julius Randall and all those guys. But he does have he's got the number 1 recruiting class in the country coming next year so uh, well, I, I think you already
3: say yeah. for right uh, the, the market uh, in both areas. Yeah. Sheeden Sharp, the number 1 uh player in the country, uh announced not only is he graduating early, he's going right. to redshirt the second semester at Kentucky and enroll. Right. Uh right. 6-5 shooting guard. That's a new one on me. I know the football players have done that a lot. And Josh Hoover's planning on doing that at Indiana. But uh, I think that may be the first time I've seen that in basketball. So Josh Hoover's not going to play against Purdue? Uh, uh, not to my knowledge. I'm sure they wish that they could get him I up I had here. to throw one football question in there. That's a great. Uh,
0: I asked Derek this one last week, and he he said mm-hmm. that they would win another game. We're down to three
5: now. Are they going to win a game? Bob? You know what? I, you know I, You know what? I'm gonna, I'm a ride or die Hoosier, and I'm gonna tell you something <laughs> right now. Listen, man, I know. I mean, I, we didn't listen. We're not getting the job done. It doesn't look great, but yes, we are gonna win a football game. Okay, so, we're gonna, we, we're gonna, we're gonna knock out, you know, Purdue. If you, if
6: you ask me, my opinion. Okay, so they got, they got Rutgers this week. Who do they have Rutgers, the week after that? Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then uh-huh. Purdue. Yeah, they're right. not gonna win again.
0: Here's the most amazing <laughs> stat for the college football season. Okay. Sorry. Is it true that Indiana has not thrown a single touchdown pass in the Big 10?
3: Not one? Yes. And they haven't thrown a I don't think they've thrown a touchdown pass to a receiver since it's been Idaho. They, Idaho, yeah. Um
0: it's but 6 Big 10 games and they don't have a single touchdown pass? That
5: that's hard to do that's no, you're right i mean listen i totally agree but i you know what what i'm saying hey I, I, and bob I, res, I respect your opinion on that <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you come right at me with it and i love that but i gotta tell you brother we are going to win another football game between now and these next three opponents
6: well look i'm an iu grad i hope you're right uh you know i, I hate to see them struggling the way they are but Gosh, there's there's not a lot to recommend that. And just right to clarify, man, just Donovan McCully
1: did throw two touchdown passes against Maryland. Just wanted to fact check that. Well, but who, to, were they the running backs or receivers? Oh, to a receiver. That was the key there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, I don't, never mind. I could be wrong. Well,
0: tight, no, a wide receiver, I think, was the stat. weren't Gosh, both yeah. the passes to Peyton Hendershot? But, yeah, but, but, but but thanks for playing, John. <laughs> 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 I don't. That is I love it. <laughs> What's amazing is we've all watched Indiana football for a long time. I think we all thought that they had moved the program forward, and I don't think anybody thought that they would fall back as far as they've fallen back this year. Yeah.
6: No way.
3: Vegas. Las Vegas didn't even think that. Yeah. I mean, they haven't won a conference game. <laughs>
6: Oh, this is getting it's, too depressing. It's,
3: yeah. It's, <laughs> boy, we're really ending on a sad note. We, man, guys, we I We are can't coming think back,
5: gentlemen, We are coming back. I'm telling all you right now, right, right, keep right. saying this. We are on the door, you know. This season, you know, we can't do a thing about, it, but we are on the doorstep of Dominus, guys. Trust me when I tell you that maybe not this season. It's obvious, but stick with us, brothers. We are on the doorstep of Dominus.
6: That's his, that's his that's 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 not, That sounds that
3: sounds like a book title. We don't know who's starting at quarterback uh this week. I, P- Penix and uh Tunnel both were supposed to practice. So I don't Do know, you know if that's game. Is car available? Uh no. Uh, that they don't they tell you nothing injury related. They they really like to play that close to close to the vest. And I think uh, I guess I understand that now with uh, as down as they are uh with you, players. I mean, so. you're not gonna
0: you're not gonna win in the Big Ten with a true freshman quarterback and a walk on running back. You're not. <laughs>
5: You know what, and you know what, I you're, you're right. D- Donovan McCullough is he's been thrown he's been thrown to the fire. I give you that. I'm, you know what, and it it, it it's not going to surprise me if we don't. But I still got that confidence factor, and I got the confidence in Coach Allen and the staff. We do need to make changes. We talk about that every week, and it's and, and it's more and more apparent that that's what needs to happen. But we are going to win another football game, Bob, between now and the end I- of the season.
6: Derek, I love your irrational confidence. (laughs) (laughs) It it better be Rutgers.
0: If if they don't beat Rutgers, I don't think they'll win the game. They're not going to beat Purdue at Lafayette.
6: No, hey,
5: I'm no, going to be up there for the Minnesota game, so we're going to win the Minnesota game. Okay. I told Coach Allen, hey, put me in, Coach. <laughs> That's there a game that
3: they also could win. We'll see as uh, they have three games left, uh, but to do it. But guys, I and next week, we're going to have to talk about the change. There's going to have to be changes made. we you, have seen all these other teams that have made changes now, which I completely disagree with. I, I don't understand the point or sense of Nebraska eliminating their offensive staff with three games to play. What is the point of that? Uh, no, it's To me, that is that. ignorance, and you're hurting the players. You're you're hurting the program. I understand they're trying to make a statement, but gee whiz. Uh, and we'll talk about that as well. But, guys, so Rick, what do you have coming up at WDRB.com and all your stuff from the game last night, of course?
0: Yeah, um, this weekend's going to be a fun moment. Uh, I think the Ravens play Thursday night, and Louisville's bringing Lamar Jackson back to town on Saturday, and they're going to retire his number at Louisville. Against Syracuse and Syracuse team, he had the big game against the year he won the Heisman with the. Oh league. yeah, that was you know, the jump that's, over that's the it. guy. Yeah. yeah, So remember that. Louisville's got to win two of their last three to make a bowl. Their their fans are
3: probably just as annoyed as Indiana fans. Bob, how about you at the athletic? What's coming up with you?
6: Well, I've got. Uh, I talked with uh, Charles Peanut Tillman, uh, who you guys would remember with the Chicago Bears, who is the father of the uh, the punch. You know forced fumbles, and uh he was actually uh discovered by Chris Ballard, the same guy who discovered uh Darius Leonard, who's become probably the primary practitioner of the punch, if I could use a lot of alliteration so um i 'm going to write about that, and another story may be of absolutely no interest to anybody except for me, but uh if you remember Jay Mariotti used to be yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, a huge presence in the ESPN? both the local and the national media, the and way. he got into some trouble, and he's kind of fallen off the face of the earth, um, as far as the mainstream media goes. And we spent a bunch of time together, and I tell his story, and it's pretty damned interesting. Well, I can't exactly. wait to read it. I promise you for sure. I'm uh, I can't to wait it. till it comes out. I I don't know when it's coming out, but I'm looking forward to it. You we'll make Barbie sure you let us know. you've already written it. Yeah, I've written about ninety eight percent of it. Just adding some stuff right now and waiting for the editors to tell me to cut two thousand words. Is he still
0: in Los Angeles or wherever? Yes, he's still
6: in L A. He's doing really well, man. He's 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 uh much more well. I don't say laid back because Jay is never laid back, but he's a little less less intense than he used to be. Let's just put it that way.
3: Look, I'm well coming up next we've got a 10-year a veteran of the NFL and I grad, grab Mike Dumas uh, a great defensive player uh, I'm sure Indiana could surely have used him this this season but uh, looking forward to talking to Mike when he joins us next Rick and Bob I can't thank you guys enough it all is right. always an absolute you, entertaining <laughs> this is one of the most probably the most entertaining segment I get to do all week it, it really is uh, but I can't thank you guys enough. Appreciate right. you, man. Thanks see you later. Thank Bob. you very much. See Bob Travis with The Athletic. Make sure you go there and sign up. If you haven't, become a subscriber. And Rick Bowles is with WDRB.com. Go there to read uh, his information as well because it is he's a Hall of Fame writer. Coming up next, like I said, Mike Dumas uh, played in the back of the Bill Mallory era, 10 years in the NFL, uh, one of the greats. Looking forward to talking to him right after this. We'll be right back to the
1: Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle. Presented by Andy Morhonda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurants.
3: Whether it's a celebration or just a relaxing night away from the kitchen, don't make the same old choices. Try something fresh and new. Southern Stone Restaurant at Rogers and Patterson in Bloomington is open for lunch and dinner. Southern Stone offers comfort food with Southern charm. You still on the outdoor patio or the spacious inside seating, knowledgeable bartenders with classic drinks, and you can catch the IU basketball and football coaches shows at Southern Stone Restaurant each week. Southern Stone Restaurant, located at Patterson & Rogers in Bloomington. Hey, we all need insurance, whether it's auto, home, renters, or life insurance. And you need to be insured by someone who cares about you. For those of you in the Southwest, Indiana, Evansville, and Southern Illinois areas, make sure to reach out to our friends at AAA Insurance today for your auto, home, life, and renters insurance needs. You can reach AAA Insurance at 812-477-9966. That's 812-477-9966. AAA Insurance, be covered by someone who cares about you.
2: We all want a winning smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you will get at Reynolds Family Dentistry in Sellersburg. Reynolds Family Dentistry has been serving the dental needs of Hoosier families for over 30 years. Let doctors Roger and Jay Reynolds take care of your family. Just off of I-65 at 809 South Indiana Avenue in Sellersburg. Call 812-246-3368. That's Reynolds Family Dentistry, 812-246-3368. Running a business is filled with pressures, and banking shouldn't be one of them. I'm Dane Chandler, Commercial Officer with Banterra Bank, and we want to be your financial partner. We know that the cost of starting, growing, or acquiring a new business can stretch beyond what you have saved. That's why we offer a variety of financing solutions, including SBA loans for small businesses. Give me, Dane Chandler, a call at 812-401-4323 to get started. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, I'm Kyle Brinker from Brinker's Jewelers. They want to be surprised with the one of a kind proposal in the little green box from Brinker's Jewelers, where every one of our diamonds are hand selected by an owner of the company. That means every single diamond has to meet a Brinker standard on beauty and value. So if you're planning on getting engaged, your engagement ring needs to come in that little green box from Brinker's Jewelers, voted the best jewelry store in nine years in a row by Evansville Living Magazine and the readers, located at the corner of Green River Road and the Lloyd Expressway, or online at brinker'sjewelers.com.
3: If you're in the market for a new Honda, Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington has the deals for you. How about a brand-new 2021 or 2022 Honda Pilot? All the trims for 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Or how about a brand-new 2021 Honda Passport? Also 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down.
1: Get more to your door at AndyMooreHonda.com. Come see us at the all-new Andy Moore Honda, now in Bloomington.
3: Today's guest is brought to you by Reynolds Family Dentistry of Sellersburg. You need a million dollar smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you'll get with Reynolds Family Dentistry.
1: Now back to the golf club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Andy Mor Honda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurant.
3: Welcome back on this Wednesday, man! It just keeps getting better. D Wiz. Uh, finished up with Rick and Bob, and now how about a blast from the past, uh, one of the greats from Indiana football and back in one of the great eras of Indiana football, Mike Dumas, 10-year veteran of the NFL. Uh, big thanks to Derek for getting him on with us. How are you doing, Mike?
7: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me.
3: Oh, man, it is a pleasure. Trust me. Like I said, uh, when you were playing, as I was in school then, it was so much fun. The uh, program was rocking all those bowl games. Um, Anthony Thompson, at defense, and you guys. Uh, just what a fun time. Two of my roommates had, had played, and uh, it was just uh, football was so fun. It's like it has been the last couple of years, not this season, unfortunately. We'll get to that. But, uh, man, it was what a, a great time that was. That was an
7: awesome time. You know, right now, if anybody asked me, you know, what period of time would you go back to if you could? And it wouldn't necessarily be my freshman year. But but every year after that, definitely. Those are some of the highlights of my life.
3: Uh, You guys, what was your relationship like, Derek, uh, back then?
5: Mike, uh I you know what just, real quick Mike started he his, his rise to fame came from Black and Punch and he can tell you the rest of it from there
3: Oh he did a lot more than that but uh yeah Yeah he
5: did. Yes he did. <laughs>
3: but uh, how about but developing the relationships you guys get to develop and and like right now uh all these years later that's that's one of the things that I value in whatever it is and whatever – it doesn't matter if it's a sport or a job or whatever. It's having met someone that you're able to carry on that friendship so later in life to where you're not even around them, but it picks up right where it left off every time you're back together. And I'm sure that's like that for uh, you guys and a lot of your teammates, or especially the ones that – there are just certain ones that you draw closer, but uh, that's probably – some of the things uh, I would think that you hold dear.
7: You know, and that's exactly right. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the bonds that you build, you know, especially on the field, you know, during the course of training, going through two days together and just spending all that t- time together while you're traveling, practice meetings, training table. And then they always pair us up with a teammate to uh, live with in the dorms until, you know, your junior year when you can actually move off campus. But nine times out of 10, you move in with another former or a teammate of yours. I mean, so you build those bonds, you build those friendships. And those are something that a lot of people can't say that they have. You know, I've I've been fortunate. Um, I lived in South Florida And who was my neighbor, this cat that you have on the screen right now with you, you know, he lives right down the street from me. And our kids go to elementary school together.
3: That's crazy. You know, And
7: you're going to have another guest on the program, Kenny Allen, uh, back here in Houston. Now, my daughter and Kenny Allen's son, they went to homecoming together and they had no idea that we even knew each other.
3: That is nuts. It's a small Uh, world. It's It was funny you said I, earlier in a segment, I was talking about a, a story, telling a story uh, where I ran into Pat Graham uh, a week or so ago, a former basketball player at IU that uh, we both went to Floyd Central High School. His, his father-in-law was my football coach, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, and then he was telling me a recruiting story actually. And then how that morphed into a, a guy that I graduated high school with and, 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 David Robinson and Navy, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's the fabric of sport. There is no, there, I don't think there is a fabric like sport that brings people together like this. It's there's so many degrees of uh, separation. That's mind boggling.
7: Right. I, correct. Correct. I mean, I feel the same way, you know, you know, I hadn't seen Derek in, Wow, probably eight, nine years uh, after college. He went and joined the service, and uh, I was playing in San Diego, and we flew out to play Miami Dolphins. So when we would travel from the West Coast to the East Coast, we would always leave two days early. So when I got to my hotel room, I had a message on my phone, so I dialed in to check the messages, and it was him. It was Derek, you know, wanted to get together. So we went out, had – Had a meal and uh, were able to kind of break bread then and kind of catch up. So it was nice. I mean, and you never know where you're going to be when you're going to run across somebody, you know, that is a blast from the past.
3: Yeah, yeah. there's nothing like it. Uh, You played 10 years in the NFL. Uh, I was talking to Derek about that earlier. I said, that is a career. Uh, and I was guessing, I said, I, I I'd have to guess the average life expectancy in the NFL is I I said three, uh, I think I said three, I was going to say 3.5 to four. And I already said 3.5 and he already held his fingers up to three. And, uh, which is exactly right. Lasting a decade in, in the league, man, that, that is a chore. Uh, and to do that is, is, is an accomplishment in and of itself. But had to talk about the blast that had to be played for the old Houston Oilers, Um, which that is, I love the fact, I hate the fact that teams are not what they used to be. I, I want the Oilers to be the damn Oilers, Uh leave that stuff alone. Uh, but that's a whole nother deal, but uh, playing in the NFL, what a blast that had to be. You know what?
7: It was, it was a great time. It was a great I'm sure great it was more time. of a
3: blast after because it's such a, during it's mind wreck, I'm sure.
7: I mean it's it's kind of surreal, you know, with uh, a career longevity average of three years and a new crop of uh, new draft picks coming in every year. I mean, you got to be on your top of your game at all times because you know it's it's a it's a numbers game, and when I say numbers game, it's monetary. So if they can find somebody to come in for less money, to do your job, you better believe that you're gonna be out the door. So you got to always look at every year, every off season as if it's your rookie year. And that's how you got to focus your mind and train your body and be prepared. And And, uh, it's a grind, it's a grind. 10 years
3: of of a new crop of guys coming out trying to take your jobs that are younger uh some stronger, some faster, but obviously not as good they didn't get it done derek uh jump in i'll let you be uh well
5: no, I mean Mike is exactly right man i mean the thing i the thing i know not to remember the thing I know about Mike most of all is that uh, he he always remained the same person he probably should have been drafted a lot higher than he was, uh but nevertheless uh he was drafted, and uh he's the same guy um you know uh, every time you know we got an opportunity to be around each other. Uh, you know, spent a lot of time even after football, post football, you know, being around each other. And uh, like you said, in South Florida I had an opportunity, you know, to, uh, you know, spend time together with our families and uh, with our kids. But uh, he, Mike was, uh, like I said before, when Mike came in, uh, you know, it's almost like like the NFL because the year I came in the year before Mike. So the next year uh, they bring this other defensive back in. That's the cornerback. I was like, well, somebody's position. Somebody going to lose a spot this year. It's <laughs> i'm gonna lose a spot and uh mike came in like i said and he uh he started man he started blocking punts and he just went to the top you know uh i played every position in secondary i mean from safety to corner uh, and even at that i think the most notable thing about mike mike coached in the nfl okay here's a guy that should be folks and if you don't know this I'm, I'm this is coming from me here's a guy that should be coaching on someone's football team he's ready willing and waiting he's got a lot of knowledge but he
7: uh, coached for the Miami Dolphins, right, Mike? Yeah, I spent uh, four years with Miami coaching under uh, Nick Saban and Cam Cameron.
3: Wow. Yep. Yeah. That's a, a, a nice tidbit to, to learn. Um, need to get somebody to add that to your Wikipedia page. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Nick years, Saban, man. obviously, one of the greatest – going to be considered one of the greatest coaches in – Certainly collegiate football of all time uh, has dominated college football for the last decade. Um, it didn't work out for him in Miami, but, and, and Cam Cameron, also a great offensive mind. Uh, one of the great offensive coordinators uh, that, that was, he was just terrific as a coordinator. Didn't, he didn't have his success as, as a head coach, but man, as a, as a coordinator, he, he, he lit it up for a lot of places that had to in four years. Uh, that's a lot of learning there. Are you wanting to get back into coaching?
7: I am desperately trying to get back into coaching. You know, it's gotta be the right fit, um, the right scheme. Um, but, you know, I've played in the four, three, I played in a three, four, I've even played in buddy Ryan's 46. So there's not a lot of defenses that I haven't been around or associated with or have knowledge on, but uh, just getting the opportunity to get back in there. That's something that I really long for right now.
3: And I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but there are more than likely Indiana's deep uh, problems this year. Uh, We haven't talked about Indiana yet. Uh, Their football team, not the season at all that anyone expected. Uh, And there's, there's going to be changes. I, I, I mean, I don't. There's no other way to put it. Um, I, I can soft, soft shoe all around it that I want to. But we've wow. already seen teams uh, like Nebraska clear their entire offensive staff, which I've already said. I, I don't get that. Let the season finish. Uh, but the the reason these colleges are doing this is the the uh, commitment day has been moved up uh, for recruiting. It used to be in in January, I think, but right. now it's moved up. So, uh, they're trying to get in front of that. Um, which again, I don't like it. And I don't think Indiana will do that. I think they will wait till the season's over, but, uh, wow. If that opportunity came up, that would certainly be, uh, certainly incredible.
7: That definitely be ideal. You know, what could be better than go back to your old Amar So, uh, Super. that would be ideal. I would definitely, uh, be very interested if that does happen now as far as nebraska goes that decision that they made just tells me they're desperate that just shows that's a decision based off of desperation right there and willing they to knew spy- they had to
3: do something and since they weren't going to fire scott frost they had to do something big they had to do something to make a big splash
7: yeah but you're making that big splash at the expense of those kids
3: Yes, I agree. You know. and I don't, why would you do that? I mean, how, how in the hell are they going to compete these last three games? And what have you told those players that they, it almost said, all right, we're quitting on this season is what the administration is saying. All right, we're quitting on this season and we're focusing on next year. Well, these players aren't going to quit, but who the hell is going to coach, call the plays? And I, I know that they're, they're setting up to do that, but that's got to make it even more difficult. I mean, but in the college in
7: the college ranks, you can only carry, I think, nine assistant coaches, mm-hmm. and then the head coach
3: I think it's been expanded up now to ten.
7: Okay, I think So even with ten, if you fire, if you fire four, now you're going to have to have grad assistants leading these team meetings, mm-hmm. you know, these position meetings. And making corrections out on the field, you know, game planning. And that's not something that's really in their wheelhouse, you know. So that's to the detriment of these these student athletes who are – granted, they're they're on scholarship, a lot of them. But to give them a subpar coaching staff for three games, you can't tell me you couldn't last – and extend this for three more games three more weeks and then make these changes i mean that's desperation and i really think that is the head coach trying to save his
5: own skin right
7: there yep yep right? I he the Mike, I changes the that he's gonna do
5: yeah i said the very same thing i'm gonna get rid of you before they get rid of me exactly that's, you know and i and i tell you you know and, and i you know what i I sincerely, wholeheartedly believe in our head coach Tom Malice, and I'm thinking the same thing. Listen, Miami brought back Ed Reed, the great Ed Reed. I think we should bring back the, uh, the great Mike Dumas and 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 you know help you know help motivate some of those players and and put him into a position to where he can have some kind of contact and encourage those players because. Once he once he gets there, I mean, you know, the the ceiling is 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 high for Mike. You know, once he just gets in that program, in my opinion, Indiana will be a great place. In my opinion.
3: Have you watched? Uh, have you had a chance to watch Indiana play th- throughout the season, Mike?
7: I have been able to watch a few games. Yes.
3: Uh, which games was it, and what what did you see? Because I mean, offensively, it's they've they've been a wreck. Defensively, they started out really strong. Uh, had some injuries. They got a, a guy in, uh, like Tywan Mullen and, and Reese Taylor who, who've been hurt, uh, hurting them on the uh, outsides, on the defense and corners. Uh, but they've been strong, but they had to kind of hit up defensively. But what have you seen?
7: Uh, what I have observed is they're having trouble moving the ball. I mean – they have a two quarterback system. And, you know, I come from the mindset if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. You know, if you got two of them out there playing, you know, splitting reps or splitting get alternating games, then you don't have one solid one. So, and it's hard to move the ball. I think they need some wide receiver help. Offensive line help, you know, because even with two quarterbacks, if they're running for their lives and, and having to run the ball because they can't push the ball downfield, then that's going to be an issue. Um, the uh, The defense, it needs uh, to be shored up a little bit, you know, some key spots. Um I know they had a, a pretty good safety there last year. I think he might have graduated. I'm not sure if he's still there this year. But Tomorrow, Johnson. Yeah. No, Mark Johnson. No, Mark Johnson in the league, man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was yeah. very impressed with how he played. You know, yeah. I watched him a lot. I like what Michael, I saw.
3: Michael McFadden has just – man, uh, if you didn't see the Michigan game, there is one play that should be his entire highlight reel for the NFL – where he comes up the middle, he blows up two linemen and gets to the quarterback, gets to the sack. And Coach uh, Warren was talking about him in the pressers earlier this week and says he's a guy that plays the same way on play 70 that he does on play one, that he is just go, go, go. And you see it, man. God, I love watching him play. If you had yep. 11 of those guys – You'd be winning a whole bunch of games.
5: Exactly. I mean And you got to, you gotta replace and you gotta replace that guy next year because you gotta know Mike Michael Fenn's gone. He's in route to the NFL. He's not coming back next year man.
7: I mean Derek if you think about it back in the the time we were in school playing we didn't have the five star, four star athletes. Mm-mm. You know, we may do with what we had on the field and we could mm-hmm. put, you know On the field. And it has to do, a lot of it has to do with just attitude, mental toughness, you know, being able to know where you're supposed to be at any given time and just not making a lot of mistakes. I mean, and if you do that, I mean, for the whole course duration of the game, you're going to be in a lot of games and have the opportunity to win a lot of games. Now we did have some talent offensively oh, yeah. and defensively. I mean, so you know, we we fared very well during our
5: tenure at IU. Well, Jim, if you remember, Eric, well, it, it helped when you had a obviously a Michael Dumas uh back in you know patrolling the second there, but also when you've got an Anthony Thompson and then you've got a Bon Dombar waiting right behind him, then you've got an Eric Moore friend over there, <laughs> that that helps. It's-
3: Indiana has got a stable of, of walk-ons right now running back, unfortunately. We need to take a quick break. If uh, if Mike can hang on, we'll finish it out with him and, uh, so because I'm enjoying this so much. But uh, uh, let's uh, take a quick break. We'll be back. Uh, make sure if you're down in southern Indiana, especially in Sellersburg, go visit our good friends Dr. J uh, at Reynolds Family Dentistry and get that championship smile when you're coming to the IU games. Back with more right after this.
1: We'll be right back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle. Presented by Andy Morhonda of Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurants. Whether it's
3: a celebration or just a relaxing night away from the kitchen, don't make the same old choices. Try something fresh and new. Southern Stone Restaurant at Rogers and Patterson in Bloomington is open for lunch and dinner. Southern Stone offers comfort food with Southern charm. You can sit on the outdoor patio or the spacious inside seating, knowledgeable bartenders with classic drinks, and you can catch the IU basketball and football coaches shows at Southern Stone Restaurant each week. Southern Stone Restaurant, located at Patterson and Rogers in Bloomington. If you're in the market for a new Honda, Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington has the deals for you. How about a brand new 2021 or 2022 Honda Pilot? All the trims for 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Or how about a brand new 2021 Honda Passport? Also 0% APR financing over 48 months and $0 down. Get more to your door at AndyMooreHonda.com. Come see us
1: at the all-new Andy Moore Honda, now in Bloomington.
3: Hello everybody, Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Beat. When I'm not covering the Hoosiers, you can find me at Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, located on the northeast corner of I-65 at Veterans Parkway. Bubba's 33 has hand-tossed pizzas, bold burgers, and ice-cold beer from a select list of local craft brewers. An incredible food selection, all made fresh daily. Whether you're meeting the team for that post-win meal in the family dining area or meeting friends for happy hour to watch the game on one of Bubba's 50 TVs, Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. If you're looking for a home in the Indianapolis area, you need Cheryl Sizemore from re Advanced Realty. Cheryl Sizemore has over two decades of experience, and that could be the difference in you getting the home you want in today's tough housing market. Reach out to Cheryl Sizemore from RE-MAX Advanced Realty at Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com or 317-298-0961. Cheryl Sizemore from RE-MAX Advanced Realty. Let Cheryl Sizemore get you in the home you want today. Cheryl at IndyHomePros.com.
2: We all want a winning smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you will get at Reynolds Family Dentistry in Sellersburg. Reynolds Family Dentistry has been serving the dental needs of Hoosier families for over 30 years. Let doctors Roger and Jay Reynolds take care of your family. Just off of I-65 at 809 South Indiana Avenue in Sellersburg. Call 812-246-3368. That's Reynolds Family Dentistry, 812-246-3368.
3: Hey, this is Jim Coyle with Indiana Sports Beat Radio. We're now a part of the Rivals Network. Thehoosier.com is where you'll find complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers, as well as coverage of the Big Ten. Simply go to thehoosier.com and sign up. It's free. You can also catch Indiana Sports Beat Radio there each day at your convenience, or you can find it at any place the podcast or on this station each weekday. If we're not on the station where you live, we should be. Ask
1: for Indiana Sports Beat Radio. This segment is brought to you by Remax Advanced Realty, Indie Home Pros team by Cheryl Sizemore. Now back to the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios for more Indiana Sports Beat Radio with Jim Coyle, presented by Andy Moore Honda of Bloomington and Southern
3: Stone Restaurants. Welcome back. On this Wednesday, man, it's been an absolute blast. And, uh... Finishing up strong. I and mean, DJ Derek Jackson brought Mike Dumas along today. And uh, what a royal treat that was. But I, I did not know that you coached in the NFL for four years, uh, and especially under Nick Saban and Cam Cameron. Now, Cam Cameron, what was that experience like? An IU guy uh, there. And, and we're going to talk about Matt Canada. He's the OC for the Steelers right now. But uh, what was the experience like with Cam Cameron um, at the Dolphins? Uh, the experience with Cam,
7: you know, it was short, but sweet, you know, he was only there one year. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I have known Cam for years, you know, while I was at IU, he was at Michigan. So our paths crossed then. So we would have conversations on the sideline before games and maybe a a greeting or a farewell after the game. But um, while he was a head coach, I mean, he did a good job. You know, he was a very positive, very Christian-oriented man and uh, had a lot of respect for him. Still do. Um, like you said earlier in this segment, he is uh, he is a brilliant offensive mind, and uh, he's able to put together some offensive game plans that, you know, are – Coverage busters. And um, I mean, I just like the way he kind of set things up over at the uh, training facility and how he ran practice, how he ran meetings and how he kind of delegated responsibility, you know, especially to some of the younger coaches, giving them a little more responsibility and cutting their teeth in the coaching industry and, you know, just giving them that opportunity. So I really appreciate him for that.
3: Uh, and then, of course, Nick Saban, uh, a guy who would go on to or go back to college and just has dominated for the last decade. Uh, what was that like? Because uh, we've seen uh, some some great antics over the years with uh, Lane Kiffin uh, there, which that was a that was a that was a TV show, man. Someone should have been made that a reality show. Uh, but what was, it, what was it like under Saban?
7: It was totally different than it was under Cam Cameron. Definitely different. I mean, he had – he's a very intense, short-statured man, but brings a lot of authority, brings a lot of knowledge. Um, And just sitting there watching him break down the defense, you know, usually most coaches have to hit the rewind button a few times to kind of see the blocking scheme. He just goes through it once. He knows where everybody is and what everybody's doing and just writes it down as far as the game plans. And I've I've just never seen that. And I've been around the game of football for a long time, and I've never seen somebody break down the defense like that. He's a great defensive mind. I think uh, the only issue that he really had was he was dealing with grown men with families (laughs) at that time. And you can't treat them the same way that you can treat a college kid. It just doesn't work. There's too many egos in that locker room, in that building for, and not only that, but you got these egos who make more money than he does.
3: And that was the knock on him. And this is uh, amazing. We uh, are going to go to overtime today. First time we've done that in, I don't know, a long time because we have to end the radio side. If you're listening to us on the radio, thank you so much. Down in uh, Evansville on uh, WRAF, the ref. Uh, We've got lots more tomorrow. Thanks a lot to Rick Bozic and Bob Kravitz, uh, Derek Jackson, of course, Mike Dumas. If you want to continue listening, if you're listening on uh, YouTube, whatever, we're going to go to overtime. But uh, make sure. Get up, head up uh, our good friends at Andy Moore Honda Bloomington and Southern Stone Restaurant uh, to coach a show there. Tom Allen is there tonight at seven o five. until tomorrow. Uh, I'm Jim Coyle. I'll see you on the radio. All right. Welcome back. Uh, Do it overtime. I didn't want to interrupt you there. Uh, this is the first time we've gone to overtime in a long time, but this has just been uh, enthralling to me. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, you're talking about Nick Saban. He he's always had that 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 look on the sideline when you watch him. He seems like he's an intense SOB, man. I mean, but that look that he has on the sideline is the same look he carries into
7: the training facility. All right. So you got all the staff walking around through the halls on eggshells when they see him coming down the hallway. Uh but during our off seasons there was a little park not too far from our training facility and we would go in you know as a coaching staff a few of those coaches go in and we will play uh, basketball you know and he would always have to pick the teams you know we can just randomly say okay I'm going here you go there he would always set the teams but, and he's actually a pretty good basketball player i mean but his whole personality changes once he gets outside of that building and he's not around anybody else but us coaches. I mean, he talks trash. I mean, he, he's, he, he can hoop though. I'll give him That's
3: that. That's
5: funny. That's funny. It's Coach Nick said can hoop,
7: huh? Oh yeah. He That's, can hoop. He can
5: golf. I bet yeah. he can golf. I he's, I a he he's a good That's athlete. He's a good athlete. That's
3: amazing. <laughs> and what were you able to take from both of them into coaching? uh, and meld with your playing career?
7: I mean, with, with Nick Saban, you know, just that work ethic. I mean, just that grind. I mean, he was a grinder. Uh, he would leave, come in early. He would leave late. Um, he didn't meeting us to death. You know, we would have, you know, a handful of meetings throughout the course of the day outside of practice, but it wasn't a different meeting every 15, 20 minutes about something else. So he would let us do our work, um, with Cam. Cam was a little bit different. It it was more meetings, uh, which gave us coaches a lot less time to get, you know, through, uh, putting in our defense installation packages. I mean, so the day might start for me at six o'clock in the morning, arriving at the facility. Monday through Wednesday, Thursday, I might not get out of there until midnight. Just because we had so many meetings throughout the day, we couldn't actually really get our work done until after the, after dinner. And that's when everything started, and it pushed our timeline back. But uh, both great coaches, you know, different mindsets. One's a defense. One's an offensive guy. Both great connoisseurs of the game. And uh, just being around that atmosphere and being around them. Um, on that coaching staff with Sabin, you know, you had uh, Kirby Smart. Now is the head coach with Georgia. Uh, well, the guy that was...
3: Just Georgia, the, the top team in the country. Uh,
7: yeah. Will Muschamp was on that staff. Oh,
3: wow, Will
5: Muschamp, wow.
7: Yeah. Uh, Garrett, Jason Garrett was on that staff. Man. Yeah, there was a lot, a lot, a lot of guys. Um, Oh, the former head coach of the Atlanta Falcons who came from... Seattle, Washington, was a defensive coordinator. Oh, man. He just got fired last year. and I can't oh, remember his name off the top I, of my yeah, head. Yeah. But he was on that, that staff as well. So
3: that's amazing. a loaded
7: staff, a loaded staff.
3: Well, and that tells you when you have that kind of success afterwards that – there was a lot of learning and a lot of smart coaches on there. So uh, to be a part of that, first of all, it's something to be really proud of NFL or college. Is there a path that you prefer coaching wise? Would you rather go to college coaching or go to the NFL?
7: Definitely college. Really college. Yes, for sure. Why? I think I would bring more to the table at the collegiate level. Um, just my skill set, uh, my ability to kind of build relationships and being able to, to speak to these young men in a way in which I think that they would understand more so than at the NFL level. You know, you got a lot of experience. You, at the NFL level, you don't really teach technique. You know, that kind of goes out the window. You don't really teach proper tackling technique or how to break a film down and study a film and recognizing route patterns. You already know that at the NFL level. At the NFL level, it's just game planning and scheming. You got to understand the concept of why an offense is doing what they're doing you know, in trying to find that mismatch and what you can do as far as disguising the coverage and think that you're in one thing and at the last minute bailing out into something else. It's more of a chess game at the NFL level because everybody's great at the NFL level. There's no scrubs at the NFL level, you know. It's, it just doesn't happen.
3: Indiana defensively, uh, I think it's – is it the 5-3? They call it the 5-3 that they play. What a, is it uh, – um, it's the same defense that uh, they've been running. They, they Charlton Warren, when he came in, uh, he was – he had to – welled into the defense that was already in place, uh, from the previous staff, uh, that, that Kane Womack had been running before he went off to North Alabama. That actually his father, that I think kind of developed uh, as a coach down in the Southeastern Conference. But uh, it's a like a, a hybrid five, five, three type of defense with a monster. <laughs>
7: I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know that defense, yeah, you no. Know. I, I don't know what it will enough to talk about it. So, um uh, and if they've been running this for I don't know how many years, I mean, they they had a pretty good decent season last season if they're running it then, but I don't know if they lost players or players just haven't developed you know fast enough to run this type of defense like that. I mean, but
3: the biggest difference is, and it was Bob Kravitz talked about the, the punch. Well, Indiana led the Big Ten in take, takeaways last year. They had 16 interceptions, I think, 20 total takeaways, led the Big Ten. Um, this year, nothing. They're, they're not there. They didn't get the ball turned over. And well, even you- if they had, they didn't have an offense to do anything with it, but.
5: Well, you didn't have it last. I mean, last year. Remember now, we had Tawan Mullen, we had Jamar Johnson. You know, those guys' presence have has has been missed in the secondary this year. And, I, yep. and I'm a secondary guy. I mean, you know, I know it takes more than you know a corner and a safety to win a ball game, but you know, uh, we just didn't have that. I don't. What I don't see is I don't see, and I can't compare those guys to who we were when we played. I don't see, but I don't see that passion. I don't see that that will to get the job done. I see these guys uh, kind of breaking down when they see a Michigan or a Michigan State or somebody like that. Because you you can't tell me how we started the season off with a Cincinnati and we had these guys backs up against the wall to now where we're getting beat down by an Ohio State. You know, something's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Something's really, really wrong. Or unless Cincinnati is not the team that who everybody say they are. One of the two things uh, hasn't come into play, but I just don't see that – that like. Of course, Mallory used to say four quarters. He used to always do four quarters of hard-nosed football. That's what we got to have to win this ballgame. I don't see these guys doing that in in all three phases of the game.
3: And, Mike, how do you – talking about getting back into coaching, how how do you do that? How Do you reach out? Do you you make it known to certain people? you make calls? Uh, How does that happen, Uh, especially with the college ranks? Because college sports has, has changed so much. Uh, relationships I know matter a lot uh, and all that but uh, the relationships with with former coaches is is huge but uh, how how do you go about it what are you doing everything that you
7: mentioned I'm doing you got to reach out you got to stay in contact with them whether it be through social media you know phone calls text messages I mean even the outdated written correspondence you know can go a long way. It's just about staying in, in the back of their mind, because maybe at the time that you make contact with them, there's nothing available. They don't know anything that's happening yet. But if you stay in the back of their mind, when that, that position opens up, then the lights going to go off and they're going to like, Oh, I got a guy that I think will be perfect for this position. I mean, but the toughest part about it is, there's only so many positions available out there, you know. You know, it's a supply and demand, an economic thing as far as, you know, how many positions are actually coming available. You know, if a head coach gets fired, then you might have a new head, a whole group of head, uh, assistant coaches coming in. But if it's assistant coach gets fired, then that's just one position.
3: Right. So, right.
5: I mean, are you just, on Twitter? No, I'm not.
3: Oh, man. Oh, you got to get on Twitter. Got to get oh, on Twitter, Mike. Got to get on Twitter.
7: Name. I've been told. You yeah, gotta you, you got to get on, on Twitter. I was looking
3: up. It's like, you got to get on Twitter. Uh, that's the players, actually, they're a big Instagram guys, but, but Twitter, yeah. That's why I was trying to look you up. I'm like, can have the people start tweeting out, man. Mike Dumas is available for coaching. All, All right. right. Looks yep. like
7: I'll be signing up for Twitter this afternoon. Yeah. Well, as soon as you
3: do, uh, make sure there's my there's our my handle up there at the top at Jim Coyle ISB. Make sure you reach out and we'll uh, we'll start getting that news out there, man. That's that's part of how you do it. But uh Most definitely. love it. But love, love, loved loved having you on today and can't wait to do it again just for the fun of it, man. Any time no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. it. An Any time blast. Uh, learning all of that about you. Uh, that's the great thing is you learn all the stories. And we haven't touched on, there's probably a thousand stories you guys have to tell that we can tell because that's that's the stuff that I like talking about, the well, stories.
7: I um, have 500 stories on the top of my head about this cat with you, DJ. All
3: getting, you have to do, the next time you I'll have
7: one, you'll
3: just have one segment. Well, give us one. What's a good short one?
7: Oh, man. choose a short one. I do remember um it must it was my freshman year he would he pledged kappa absolutely Kappa Alpha Psi. That, and absolutely he was going through his pledge week absolutely and he, they made him dress up in a suit and tie and walk <laughs> walk through campus to his classes. <laughs> he couldn't talk to anybody. Nobody. Nobody. He had to look straight ahead. If anybody talked to him, he had to ignore them. So a a bunch of us, we used to just follow him all over campus, in between (laughs) classes, just talking to him, you know, grabbing on his coattails and all that kind of stuff. And He wouldn't say a word to us. I mean, and we were just dying. He had to do that for a whole
5: week.
3: Man. For a
7: whole week, man. I mean, the the funny thing about it is, Back then, you know, we're poor college students. He only had
3: one suit. <laughs> I said one <laughs> suit, man, the whole week. Oh, man. <laughs> and I Didn't have money for drag cleaning, probably either. Didn't have money for <laughs> nothing. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, guys, man, it has been an absolute blast. Mike, thank you so much for hey, uh, making this show mine. better. Derek, thank you for making it happen, as always, man. Uh, it's been just so much fun. It's just, it's a blast, but uh, cannot wait to do it again. Just let me know. I'll be here. Appreciate you guys. And thanks. Go ahead, Mike or Derek. Call me, Mike. Love you, brother. Call me. See you guys later. Thank you all so much. And most importantly, thank you guys for hanging on uh, in the overtime period. We appreciate you uh, guys being here. Uh, We'll be back again to do it tomorrow. Until then, I'm Jim Coyle. I will see you on the radio.